Podcast Fresh. everybody welcome to the podcast fresh cafe this is episode number 51 which means we're one removed from the big five all right i am your host ryan Mello, and as always joined by my co-host chris torres what's up guys how you doing man good 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 man uh muggy day here in the city on a sunday in toronto uh we had some storms earlier so yep. you know just been uh just been feeling that literally you know, I'm at that weird age where uh, I can feel like the rain coming like the day before, like my legs will just start hurting sometimes for no reason. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we got some rain coming in. <laughs> but other than that, man, just chilling. I start uh, my new gig tomorrow. So I got a new job starting that tomorrow. Just nice. taking it easy. Yeah, you know, uh, getting my, uh, my my clothes ready for tomorrow. It feels like the first day of school. That's what it feels yeah. like. <laughs> got my clothes out. I got my ironing board out that hasn't been out in like six months. Because oh, um, I'm just going with like a different, like different clothing for this gig. So, it's a, you know, I got to pull out like my old dress pants and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so just getting ready for that. And like that's it, man. Just been chilling. I was surprised. I live in Toronto, and I was just uh, telling you before this uh, for one of my secondary jobs. Just realized how, how how dead it is. It was just like you can. Summer's done. Like summer's done. Like Saturday yeah, yesterday was like. I don't know about businesses around you. Like usually, like restaurants and things like that that are popping. Like I noticed, like you know, restaurants were emptier. Like nobody's sitting on the patio. You know what I mean? Now, fall is here, and uh, everybody tends to. Uh, go indoors this time of year but it's yours and mine's favorite season right you were both fall guys right definitely yes so uh yeah for me it's exciting i like it but just in terms of like busyness and craziness around the city i've noticed that it's just kind of quieted down it almost feels like there's going to be like another wave or something being announced yeah <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> but anyway on that oh, bright man. note i'll uh turn it over to you man well what say you ryan yeah no um First of all, congrats on the new gig. Thanks, and, brother. Uh, yeah, no, you definitely go out more than I do, so I don't know what the scene is like. No, no, no. Here, I, 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 I'm in the city, so I, I kind of yeah, get to see yeah, the businesses. Yeah. I don't go out that much. But I try to give you the uh, the up north perspective. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right, because Ryan lives an hour north of here. He lives up in Barrie, yeah. in, uh, in Bear Country. That's what the city people say. It's Bear Country up there. No, nah, city people don't actually say that. <laughs> I've also never heard that, so I don't no. know. I although, <laughs> although people up north do say, like, as soon as they get on the highway, as soon as they see the Welcome to Toronto sign, anything south of that sign is... I'm going downtown. I'm downtown. Where are you going? Yeah, I'm going yeah. downtown. It's like yeah. you could be up like, you know, in the northern part of like North York, which is like northern Toronto. And it's like it's downtown. Anything, you know, everybody's definition of downtown is different. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, yeah. I think when you live in Toronto, like that's when you kind of like the map gets a little bit wider. Then you start seeing everything by neighborhood. Right. Like the, yeah. the beaches, this, that, the entertainment yeah, district, exactly. East, East, West. Um, but then the further you move out, it's kind of like you begin to see Toronto as just like a whole entity on its, it's own. All downtown. It's yeah. all downtown. This is your piece of insanity. You guys can slice it up any way you want. It's all yeah. Toronto to me, bitch. You know what I mean? Downtown <laughs> Toronto. But yeah, man. Yeah. No, I spent way too much time in Toronto to to do that, I think. I feel like you've been in Toronto never... a lot. Yeah. Like, like you I, used to be here a lot because of work. Like sometimes your gigs will like bring you into the city. Yeah, because right? of work. And, but then and you slowly started migrating out. 
Um, yeah. But just like I seen you a lot this year, like also. Like, you know, your, your wife also works down here and things like that. So you've had to come up and down and for the wedding and things like that. But I got Toronto ties. I got I got to <laughs> I got to keep going. down. You're allowed to cross the bridge. Uh, yeah. that, you know, you ever seen American Gangster with uh, Denzel yeah, yeah, Washington? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he yeah. gets stopped or whatever for uh, <laughs> his cousin was carrying drugs in the truck. You don't remember this part? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's been a while. And that's when uh, the heel. What's his name with the mustache? Oh, he um, plays a dirty cop. Yeah, the dirty cop. What an sure. asshole in that movie. Yeah, I remember that. When he pulls him over, he pulls him over on his wedding day. Yeah. Denzel Washington just got married. The character just got married uh, to his beautiful wife. And on their wedding day, they're out in a limo. And this motherfucker, dirty cop, pulls them over. Just to, like, harass them about some bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah. Just. just ah, man. Forget his name. I'm going to find it right here real quick. Vamp for yeah. a sec. <laughs> But uh, no, but uh, what the hell? I was gonna say something. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm weather. all over the place. I, I, lo- I love fall weather. Yeah. Uh, my 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 new favorite thing. Josh is Brolin. Put, uh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. That's the guy. Uh, my new favorite thing is to uh, put on a nice sweater and get cozy for the the hour drive <laughs> into the city. Oh, that's uh, such a good thing. I like that. Uh, it's nice. It's really put on a podcast or whatever. Yeah. Some music. It's really. I've really grown to like the morning drive. Yeah. Um, no, it's cool. Uh. Yeah, I haven't done much uh, since. I mean, I put out a couple game flow or one game flow. I put out a cafe and we recorded Fresh Prince. I think we've been doing a lot of podcasting. <laughs> so Yeah, we're definitely yeah. back on the uh, on the uh, on the wheelie um, mm-hmm. backstage. We had a couple couple issues uh, getting together to do the podcast. Oh, my God. Ryan was late on Wednesday and then I decided to be a good idea to uh, just lie my head down on the couch for a couple hours. And the sad part is. I probably fell asleep maybe five minutes before you called me because you called me like 8.45, 35, whatever it was, or 7.35. And uh, I, was, I was asleep by then, and I had it on uh, Sportsnet. So when I woke up, I was watching SmackDown. I'm like, SmackDown's on. Oh, shit. Like, <laughs> oh, man. And then rather than get up and do anything, I'm like, eh, back to bed. So I, I just, <laughs> because I figured, I figured I know you well enough and you know me well enough that if it's already like 8.45, chances are we're not going, Right. And I could have thrown you a text and been like, hey, you know what? I slept in or whatever. But I'm like, I was just in a zone of like sleep. And I woke up and like SmackDown's on. Slumber. And for whatever reason, I'm like, okay. And I just turned my head. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, no, because I, I, I think we said 730 and then I came on like five minutes yeah. late or something. Yeah. I, was I, just, I don't really. I was just tired. I, really bother you. I never bother you. I just kind of wait for you to call me if you don't answer my call. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. Uh, I ended up just doing other stuff on the laptop, like music related stuff. Nice. Just cutting and new before tracks. before I knew it. Yeah, and then before I knew it, it was nine, <laughs> and, yeah. and you were nowhere to be seen. I was like, all right, well, we're not doing this today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I was uh, Persona Non Grata. Yeah, yeah Persona well, Non Grata. We moved it to this morning, and you also missed it. Also that. missed it. <laughs> so, forgot. Which is kind of good, because... Uh, forgot we, to we set the new, alarm. New info. Yeah. But you forgot to set the alarm. Yeah. But we have new info we can talk about now that happened this morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Normally, uh, I'd be up, but I, I, I worked last night, and I should have set the alarm, but uh, I forgot. I was like, whoops. I'll be honest. I compl- I woke up on a complete lucky whim. Like, I woke up at 9.30, and I was, like, ready to, to go. You sat on your balls? But, uh, no, I was going to go to the laptop and stuff, but then I texted you saying, okay, just let me know when you're ready or whatever <laughs> I said. But you never texted back, and then I ended up falling asleep anyway. That's tremendous. At, like, 11... 30 ish so yeah i don't know whatever anyway all that to say we're here now and we got stuff to talk about but first chris 
Tell us our plugs. The plugs. Wow. That's that new wow. sound effect that we got. No going. effects needed. No effects needed. You can tell the budget's up for this season. <laughs> You're like that dude from Police Academy. <laughs> Which one, you prick? <laughs> the guy, oh, man. The guy, his friend, Mahoney's friend. Oh, man. I forgot his name. Oh, I haven't man. seen Police he, Academy he, he in always, a while, man. He always has the, the walkie talkie and he does like gun sound effects and they're so like realistic that people think they're like, shooting <laughs> so they're like talking. <laughs> I haven't seen the Police Academy. I've seen maybe one police academy or maybe a couple or or three of them, but all as kids and all as a kid. And so a lot of that stuff just kind of blends in my mind. Like I, don't know, I think the first it, one's like the best. You just watch the first one. You're right, right, right. Yeah. The police academies. What a what a product of its time. Those movies. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, plugs. Podcast Fresh. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, Podcast Fresh on, on uh, Twitter. You can podcast crash Teal on Twitter, rather. Um, so check us out on that. I've slowly been uh, popping in and out of there uh, during some of the wrestling shows. So if you like to follow along, you can go on there. And also podcast fresh 2020 at gmail.com. You can send us an email there regarding any one of our shows, and uh, we'll get back to you uh, there. Um, Pac, anything to add with respect to the plugs? Um, no, I don't think so. All right. No, that's it. We're good. <laughs> On the rest of the network, uh, Ryan was talking about Game Flow, the Game Flow podcast number one. It's a Nintendo Direct versus a Sony number State five. of Play. Number five. Nintendo <laughs> Direct versus a Sony Sony State of Play. Who did it better? So you can go on there and check that out. Uh, good show and uh, very popular. I was looking at the numbers for that. So, you know, people seem to be downloading that one. So thank you very much. Uh, got a strike pack, while There you go. Go to number six, kid. <laughs> and uh, you can also check out the Fresh Prince review show where we review episodes three and four. That'll be up by the time this one's up. I'm almost done that one. And there's a last wrestling podcast that I'm also working on right now. It's just taking me a little bit longer to put it together than I thought. So uh, tons of stuff coming. And we will be back uh, next week, of course, with another cafe and another Fresh Prince of Bel-Air show. Um, I have no idea why it sounds like I'm wrapping up the entire show, but I'm just wrapping up. That is your voice. The rest yeah. of the, the <laughs> network. That is the cadence there. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. See you later. Motherfuckers yeah. are like, they turn off the podcast 12 minutes and 30 seconds. What? <laughs> um, but no, that's the rest of the network. And uh, thank you guys for the support. Numbers keep going up. So thank you. And uh, yeah, shoot us an email. Let us know how we're doing, how we're not doing, etc. Boom. All right, mailbag. I just heard that PS5 sales went up 56% in the UK, making it the best-selling console there this year. Will this keep improving, or is this simply a bottleneck issue? James from Calgary. Um, no, I think it's going to go up straight up. I think that uh, uh, it's the system is very popular, and it's very popular for a number of reasons. One is it's hard to get, although it is getting more and more easy to, to find one, but it's... It's, it's, yeah, now it's playing hard to get. Yeah. Try to catch me. You go to all the game stops. <laughs> <laughs> I just went to one. I felt like the asshole that pays extra just to like cut to the front of the line. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I've, I've only seen one in my life physically besides the one I own. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it, I was at GameStop. First Stop. time I laid eyes on yeah. it. Oh, you told me this story, but they were all spoken for? No, no, there was one. Oh, there was, okay. I was at Game. I was lined Some up at GameStop. Fake story I made up. To, to, well, you're, you're kind of close. I was lined up at GameStop to, to pay for something. And then uh, there was one PS5 on the shelf, which at first when I saw it, I almost grabbed my wallet first instinct just because like I still forget. This is going to sound really stupid. I forget I have one sometimes because all I hear is how... They're hard to get, and I want one, and I can't find one. Blah, blah, blah. So, anyways, it's there. 
these two guys come in at the same time, look at it at the same time, and start fighting yes, over it. It was ridiculous. Right. It was crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's it's at that point now. Maybe now there would be two or three in stock, but generally, I still think they're hard to get. Like Walmart, I never see them at Walmart. Uh, if I am to see them, it's probably at a GameStop. So, and I live in the north, so I imagine in Toronto, it's even harder to come by. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So I do think it's that's one reason. Definitely, is because they're they're hard to get. Scarcity is crazy, and just because you know the, it's a popular console in general. Like, there's a lot of games on there that are either out or coming out that you can only play on there right now, anyway. And we're getting to the point where this generation's two years in, even though it doesn't feel like it. Where you know the games are progressing and i think that there's a couple games coming out now that i can honestly start saying that i do see the difference of it being a ps5 uh game rather than a ps4 game because in the first couple years it was like they they looked identical right um so yeah like uh, god of war god of war ragnarok that we that got showcased like that looks incredible i gotta say so yeah, I don't think uh, I think it's just gonna keep going up. Maybe it'll have a similar effect to the Switch, where the Switch just keeps going up and up and up and up for years now. I could see the same thing happening with the PS5 because it's a good console. Um, yeah, that's my answer. Nice. Yeah, James. I I, I think uh, it's a couple different things. I'm not sure exactly the 56. percent I don't know what the sample size is, right, to get mm-hmm. that number, right? If I sold one one month, but then I sold two the next month, that's you know 200. percent so 56 percent is amazing um and yeah i i i have not seen i've seen physical uh ps5s ps4s for sure uh they are rare to find but i think also what's happening is they have that they have that uh that ragnarok bundle that they got right now oh do they oh damn yeah so i think that's uh that's what's helping <laughs> not 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 uh not, not that one what the hell am i talking the about? first god of war no 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 the horizon oh the that horizon package. oh yeah 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 yeah, so I think people are buying that one. So it's kind of like, well, you know, if you wanna if you wanna buy it, you gotta kind of buy it with this packed in game. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, it's cool. It's definitely I'm definitely seeing uh, more of them for sure. For a while, I wasn't even seeing PS4s here. Remember that? Yeah, even like because you couldn't find going. the PS5, so then you would stop seeing the PS4. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so no, man, I you know I got lucky and you know I was able to find one in the first try. But I think they're gonna be a lot easier to find. Um, and hopefully that's a good thing. I think right now the PS5 is in this kind of like weird. There's almost like a like a black hole that's kind of building up right now because nothing major has been released for a little while. Yeah, and uh, it's it's leaving. It's gonna create this. I think like this thirst for like when those next AAA games or those highly anticipated games in the next couple months start launching. I would not be surprised if we see you know another spike of PlayStations being sold. Um, and then we'll see what that happens with availability. If they're still available, then that's great. That means that they're they're putting more pieces out there for people to grab. So, yeah. But it depends. I heard that in uh, Japan, one week this might have been last week or the week before, but like they were down to about um, two thousand units sold for that. Oh, wow. country, just the country. Yeah. And uh, to compare that to, well, what are you comparing that to? On average, I believe that country sells about thirty thousand uh, units. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So two thousand versus thirty thousand. Mm. So. There's definitely there's definitely territories that have experienced dips, so I will see. But yeah, availability is better. Just grab one, you know, or grab a grab an Xbox. There you go. You could definitely <laughs> find an Xbox before grab you find Xbox. a a PS5. Hey, that the Xbox is looking <laughs> sexy this generation, dude. I'm gonna pick one. It up looks at some point. sexy. I'm getting it at some point because I, I think I said this before, but the PS5 has games I, I'd rather play on it. But I have a big Xbox library, and if not for anything, the Series X being backwards compatible is very appealing to me. 
So, you know, when, when we're deeper into the gen, I'll probably end up getting one. Yeah, I think it's just beautiful. Love that cube. Not the GameCube, though. The GameCube's still number one. <laughs> All right. Number two. With Kenny Omega in Japan to work the Tokyo Game Show, talking AEW All Elite, it got me thinking about some of my uh, favorite wrestling games growing up. I love w- WCW, NWO, and the Raw vs. SmackDown games. They were above all else fun. What were some of your favorites? From Turbo Man 44. Uh, Chris, you go ahead. I want a Turbo Man. Turbo. Um, a Turbo Man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> By the way, I love that movie, Jingle All the Way. It's classic. <laughs> what a fucking awesome Christmas so movie. Um, as a kid, I grew up uh, playing the arcades. I used to play uh, WWF WrestleFest. Nice. Which is kind of like the one everybody knows. That's one with like the Legion of Doom and uh, as the world tag team champions at the end it's got like hogan warrior jake the snake roberts earthquake the big boss man mr perfect um demolition you know all these different guys ted dibiase i'm not even reading that off anywhere i've just played the game so much that those are just like burnt into my mind uh just uh those are those were just great games and before that i played another one on, on arcade console i believe it was one of the wrestlemanias i think had choppier graphics and it was a little dated by the time I played it in like 93, 94. Mm-hmm. But those ones. And then over on, once the, those games became available on console, I was like, oh man, this is great. I really started my, I played that shitty WrestleMania game on Nintendo where like Andre the Giant has to grab like the chicken legs to like make himself stronger and like, oh, yeah. it's just ridiculous stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and then eventually on the Super Nintendo system, that's when I really started having fun. I started, uh, my cousin got Royal Rumble one year so that was a fun little uh, uh, these are all LJN games which weren't (laughs) probably received very well but I just remember they were fun you know I think at that age too is just the novelty of having like a good a decent wrestling game available where like it's got the music and things like that it was cool man I would leave those games on the title screens this is before the internet folks people are like what a loser Uh, but the only time the only way you could hear some of those theme songs would be like to put in a video game and like Go to the character select screen and, and go to your favorite dude and listen to the music that way. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but that's the way it was. Yeah. Um, a lot of video games actually have that, where you can go into like the menu screen and listen to all you know all the sound effects from the game and every single background music from the game, stuff like that. Especially if like you like the Street Fighter series. <clears throat> but I played uh, those ones, all, all the ones on Super Nintendo. There was that one. Then one Christmas I got uh, Monday Night Raw, which was a a fun game as well. That had like an updated uh, roster with like Diesel, Shawn Michaels, guys like that. Right. And then the last one that I played on the Super Nintendo is probably uh, that Super WrestleMania game by Midway, the crazy one. It's like one on one and oh yeah, yeah. It's the Undertaker uh, beats you with tombstones. It's, and, yeah, it's a literal you know, gimmick. <laughs> yeah, Lex Luger beats you with like actual pieces of steel and things like that. Uh, I played that one. I also played that one in the arcade. Fun, uh, fun in short spurts. Really fun in short spurts, actually. Yeah. Uh, those games do hold up in terms of a fun value for something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, you know, N64, um, N64, I like WCW, NWO. Not going to go anywhere else there. And then Revenge. And then the first SmackDown and PlayStation 1. Oh, Those are kind nice. of my favorites. Everything that came after Raw SmackDown, eh, played it here, there. The 2Ks were great, but they were way too technical. I don't got that time to invest into learning all the different moves for this thing when I could be doing the same thing for a game that I prefer to play like that, like Street Fighter, for example, right? right. 
just as an example. So those are kind of my favorite ones. So as you can see, that the list is heavy in like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and then N64, and then after that, uh, just a, a, a couple here or there. So with this AW, I'm hoping that they can restore the uh, the fun factor. The fun factor. Um, it's cool. I like questions like this because literally we we get, we'll give like two completely different answers. My yeah. my first wrestling games were uh, on the N64 with uh, WrestleMania 2000 was the first one I got. I got that from my cousin, I believe, because he found out I got into wrestling or whatever. And he had it laying around. Now, he didn't give it to me during the N64 period. It was we were like well into like the, the Wii era. But I had an N64 laying around and he's like, oh, I heard you like wrestling here. I found this and he gave it to me. Whatever. I played it. It was fun for what it was. And then um, spent some time with it. Then I actually started researching like. Uh, wrestling games. Well, what wrestling games are there and stuff? Just to find out, there's so many. I ended up getting uh, Day of Reckoning 2 on the GameCube. Uh, I believe those were exclusive to GameCube. Wow. But Day of Reckoning 2 was so good, man. Like, the story mode was awesome. Uh, it was the first time that I can remember where the customization was pretty in-depth and you could, like, you know, make entrances and stuff. It was so cool. Uh, a lot of my favorite wrestlers were there. This was around the 04, Stacey Keebler's on the cover. Stacey Keebler on the cover. What That's right. the hell? Yeah, uh, yeah. That that was like <laughs> that was like oh four oh five era. Yeah, oh four oh five. Like even oh three, they were WWE was kind of doing like a limited run of like the Attitude Era. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like we're gonna go raunchy again. <laughs> yeah, just some just crazy a bit. shit you would see. But uh, no, it was it was really cool. I really liked that game. I spent hours with that, and then eventually I got into uh, the two K games later on. Nice. Uh, I ended up liking the two K games. I believe the first one I got was like two K. 13 or something I don't know uh, the one with Orton on the cover and uh, from then on I would just purchase them every couple of years like I, I got 15 after that and then 17 and then I stopped at 19 uh, because 20 was bad and then you know 2k22 I haven't really gotten around to picking that up I don't think I want to as of now maybe when it's like $20 or something uh, but right now it's like still full priced <clears throat> and uh, yeah when it comes to the wrestling games like those are those like Dave Reckoning 2 especially was like my favorite and right. uh it looks like with this AEW game they're kind of taking elements of Day of Reckoning and like No Mercy and like putting them together which I'm very excited for mm -hmm. so I'm gonna get this I think regardless whether it's good or bad I'm probably just gonna get it and see for myself one because it's kind of like history making it's the first AEW game and two if if even if it's bland, I, I think you could still have fun with it. Like you, there, like above all else, I think the the core gameplay is probably really fun. So, yeah, definitely pick that. Cool. Up. All right. Um, what else we got? The third and the last one. With rumors of the Resident Evil Four demo possibly being announced in the next little while, do you see them remastering or remaking every game, even up until Village, uh, Village where they are now? Seems like we're living in the remaster remake era, even if some of these games aren't even that old. John from Delaware. Um. Yeah, I do. First of all, I'm gonna play the demo when it comes out. I think, I think it'll be cool. But uh, in terms of remakes, yeah, I think remakes are never gonna stop. Like, I do think we're in an era where they're like very, very prominent and like the thing to do right now. Uh, as we'll get into later on with more news, but it's like we've reached that's because we've reached the point where video games have a very long history where you can go back and remake some of this stuff so by the time like 10 years from now resident evil village will get remade again or re-released at some point in whatever crazy graphics they have at that point so 
I don't think this ever stops from here on out. I do think uh, all these games will eventually get remade. I mean, they're not even like done remaking the ones they've started. Like we're, we're on four now, but you know, there's technically four more in the mainline series and there's a bunch of other ones like spin-off wise and you know, handhelds and stuff. So they have, they have a lot to remaster if that's what they're going to do. So, you know, I think uh, I could see the remasters uh, or remaking whatever stop around like Resident Evil 6. I think Resident Evil 6 would probably be the last game, at least from this generation, that would get remade. Because I think 7 and 8, as of now, still look really, really good. Unless they pull a Last of Us and literally just remake something that didn't need to be remade. But, yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, I think that's a sign of the times, right? Um, which is too bad if you're a fan of, like, new IPs. It's very similar to what's going on in film, right? In film, we're just seeing a lot of remakes and... <laughs> Remakes and uh, re-edits, you know, and the Zack Snyder's and all that nonsense. Um, <laughs> Zack Snyder. So we're just we're just seeing a lot of different remakes of things that already exist, which is fine because I think from a business standpoint, it I don't know if it's fine, but it's smart because you bring in you know your old fans, but you bring in new fans as well. Yeah. So uh, from that standpoint, it's not that bad. Um, but yeah, for with respect to what happened with like the Last of Us Part One remake, you know, it's a game that uh, has been re remastered already and then remade from the ground up, kind of thing or whatever. And so when stuff like that happens and the game is not that old, people begin to question things. But I think there's a lot of things that play here, including the speed at which like technology is advancing, right? Yeah, technology is getting better, better, and better. But in terms of the video games with some it's like the the improvements are not as drastic as they would be if it was be remaking an older ip like a game from the late 90s for example right right when you're uh when you're remaking something that's only four or five years old from that i think 2016 was when that when that remaster came out for the last of us um you're gonna see the differences but it's not gonna be like oh my god night and day right right but you're going to enjoy things like, uh, you know, seeing the rain run down characters' backs and things like that and lighting effects and, and deeper uh, uh, deeper shades of colors rather than everything kind of getting blurred. But uh, there's something to that aesthetic of even the old original uh, Last of Us on PS3. It's kind of nice. And sometimes the, sometimes the harsh br brushes of some of the colors is kind of what makes that game that game and sometimes when you remake it and remaster it and it looks super super sharp while it does look nice visually it does change the aesthetic of the game uh, a little bit right so um you know i think i think it's a it's a it's a several headed monster you know um we've talked about it a million times but i think we're going to keep seeing these remakes and remasters because they work and they sell and until that bubble kind of pops i think we're going to be seeing more and more of this right yeah kind of like how we're seeing like a lot of games get released less and less games are getting released for the ps4 and the ps5 it seems now there seems to be a push toward okay now let's get we're in the new generation let's go you know kind of thing right like let's mm. make games for the ps5 for example but we're still seeing the the ps4 games tag along in certain instances so like i said it's just a weird generation of gaming where everything seems to be blurred a little bit the edges are really blurred as to what's available on what with respect to you know generation of the game and a version of the game and generation of the uh, of the console right so we'll see more of that very well put very nice 
All right, everybody. Thank you for those of you who wrote into the mailbag. Again, you could write us in at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week. All right, let's talk about uh, movies. <laughs> All right, so we got here a... Um, Man, I read this and I felt the same way that I did in like 2014, and I'll get into it. Orlando Broom has Broom. <laughs> Orlando Bloom. Hey, Orlando Broom <laughs> joins David Harbour in Gran Turismo video game movie. All right, all right. So I don't really need to go into what that is, but let me just read a little bit of a uh, little bit of dialogue here from ScreenRant.com. Sony Pictures and PlayStation Productions announced that Orlando Bloom is set to star alongside David Harbour in a film adaptation of Gran Turismo, popular video game uh, racing game. Gran Turismo debuted on the original PlayStation in 97 and has continually produced sequels with the seventh installment releasing on the PlayStation 5 earlier this year. Deadline revealed that Bloom has joined the cast of Gran Turismo, co-starring with Stranger Things' as, uh, David Harbour. The film adaptation will follow a skilled teenage player who wins a series of Nissan competitions and becomes a professional race car driver. Details about Bloom's character are sparse at the moment, but Deadline acknowledges that the actor is having a bit of a resurgence with several major projects in the pipeline. The movie will be directed by Neil Blomkamp, who's previously credited as the previous credits include sci-fi action thrillers District 9 and Chappie. All right. Um, so what I meant by how I felt in like 2014, I think that's when the other movie came out. When they made Need for Speed, it's like, <clears throat> look, you're just using the name... <laughs> I hate saying this because I say this about everything. You're just using the name to get the movie out there to give it more, you know, appeal. That's how that's how these things go. A Gran Turismo movie is just a, another race car movie, such as uh, I believe Herbie was one of them. No, not Herbie. Uh, what's that one that came out that was very very popular like two years ago? Cars. No, not Cars. <laughs> not the animated movie. The uh, it was like Ford versus Ferrari or something. Right, you know what I mean? Like whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. With uh, who's in that one? I forget. I didn't watch it. Yeah, it's I know. Netflix, I know it was good. Uh, but anyway, look, it's Christian like, Bale and Matt Damon. That's okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you could make a bunch of race car movies, and that's fine. This could have easily been its own thing. It didn't need the Gran Turismo name, but they're gonna use the Gran Turismo name to uh, you know push this out to a wider audience. And I get it. But again, this could have easily been called anything else, and it would have been fine because Gran Turismo, to my knowledge, doesn't have like a s specific story with any of them like at least need for speed when that was being made again i was just like okay well they could just do fast and furious like it is what it is to me fast and furious was always kind of coinciding with need for speed games at one point like when too fast too furious came out the underground games came out and that was all about like tuning your cars and racing illegally on the street and shit and then when uh need for speed carbon came out tokyo drift came out what did those have in common you drift down mountaintops so it's like I started seeing this trend with Need for Speed and Fast and Furious and whatever. In my head canon, like, those kind of related to each other, even though they didn't. So when a, an actual movie was being made called Need for Speed, I was like, okay, well, it doesn't need to be called this, but it is what it is. And I feel the same way about this. It doesn't need to be called Gran Turismo, but that's what they want to do with it. PlayStation probably sees some money in it being involved with movies and stuff. So if the, even if they give out their... Uh, give out an IP like Gran Turismo name alone they'll get a cut of this so it's whatever it, business wise sure it makes sense but do we need it i don't think so well what's your take on on this yeah i'm perfectly fine with this um uh this is a playstation production so obviously they would use one of their ips if they're going to make a game about cars for example um it, there's a, this is still in development so it takes all it's going to be 
they got a good cast here. David Harbour plays the uh, the sheriff in um, in Stranger Things, and he does a really good job in that one. I've only seen the first two seasons, so that would be um, so far. It's good. Orlando Bloom going through this resurgence. We'll have to see what the rest of the uh, the rest of the um, the rest of the, how everything else comes out. But we are seeing sort of a resurgence in the uh, racing genre. Even like Formula One, I've noticed, is a lot more popular than it was, you know, several years back. I hear a lot of people getting into Formula One. There's even uh, Formula One podcasts that are doing really well right now. So I think it's it's really good. Um, I hope that uh, they keep this as a racing story. You know what I mean? No uh, guns. With respect to... Yeah, no guns, no going out into space and things like that. Like, I think if they're really centered around a good story, I think um, around racing, I think it can work. If this turns into a story about, you know, what's going on in a high school somewhere or, you know what I mean, all that bullshit. I mean, it's going to be fine. It's just going to go for a much younger demo than I think it needs to. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of your Gran Turismo... Hardcores are, you know, if they've been following the games from like even the mid 2000s or the late 90s, those people are all about, you know, 30, 40, 45 years old right now. Right. So I'm not sure if you ask the average like 22 year old kid, are you excited about a Gran Turismo movie? You know, I don't know what the level of excitement might be. Whereas I think if in, if you were in 1997, 98 and you asked me, hey, are you excited about a Gran Turismo at that time? It'd be like, sure, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what uh, what happens here. They got two two big actors here. Um, who did you say the director was? Uh, Neil Blomkamp or something. Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, okay. the only thing I've seen of his is uh, is District Nine. District Nine is what he was known. Did you see District Nine? Uh, parts. Didn't watch it fully. That's the one where uh, they kind of put all the humans like the aliens take over or something, and like the humans get put into like it's, these camps. Yeah, it's very like Independence Day kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's like metaphors and things like that over yeah. like tyranny governments and things like that. So, yeah, that was a good movie. So I'm, I'm uh, curious to see what happens here. But, yeah, this is Sony Pictures working with PlayStation Productions. So it, it makes sense. This isn't, you know, uh, PlayStation working with uh, a, a different uh, a company or anything like that. So at least hopefully because they're both under Sony, like everything can kind of be a little bit more congruent and, and make sense. Yeah, and, no, and less outside to, uh, BS. Yeah. I like storylines in racing games. I, I like racing uh, movies, even the bad ones, mm-hmm. like uh, Driven with uh, Sylvester Stallone. I like that one. You know, it's it's just fun and stupid, right? <laughs> You're going to watch that one still. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Yeah, but Gran Turismo, I was like, wow, that's the that's the idea they chose to make a movie out of. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I didn't know uh, beforehand that this was a PlayStation only thing, so that kind of makes more sense. And I'll lay off the criticism a little. You bit. read you read the article. <laughs> I read it. Didn't mean I pay attention to it. <laughs> I just read it. <laughs> uh, no, but the one thing I, I hope, kind of much like you, is like I do hope it's strictly a racing movie. Like I could see this being like one of those wholesome racing movies about whatever. Like oh, my dad died racing, and I just want to continue his legacy. Whatever we've seen it before, but they could do it again. But I think Gran Turismo. They need to have, like, at least in my opinion, I would like to see more of an edgy uh, spin on that story. But, uh, yeah, we don't need to branch off into Fast and Furious ter- territory. We, we've done that. We, we get that every, every couple years. It's fine. Uh, Gran Turismo. 
Coming to a theater near you some sometime in, I don't know, 2025? Let's put bets. 2025 mm-hmm. <laughs> is when I think it's coming out. Um, August, August 11, uh, 23. That's when it is? Yeah. Oh, shit. No way. Okay, Bro, so, you read that. So it's more... No, I didn't. I didn't read that part. Oh, okay. Yeah. August 11, 23. Yeah. <laughs> it's more uh, along the line than I thought. All right, cool. Uh, lead us on to this next one, because I know nothing about this. Uh, let me go back to the scripty poo. Uh, oh, man. So if anybody knows, uh, I'm a big fan of found footage films. And this is when I, I talked about this uh, maybe last year, about the VHS movies that I found. Remember when I was going through my Shutter honeymoon phase? Oh, my God, Shutter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Horror movies. <laughs> and uh, VHS, I had never, I'd heard of the movies, but I'd never watched them in any kind of way. Right. I just thought it was like one movie or two movies. But the reason I kept seeing is because there's like a bunch of movies, like four or five of them or however many. And uh, they're anthology movies, so they're found footage films. And um, the nice thing about an anthology is you get multiple mini movies within one general movie. Oh, okay. And so uh, you get different. You basically get four or three or four or five different movies, each with a different director and team. And they put together their best kind of found footage film and each is like a different take on it and it ranges not everything's a home run but they range from there's some bad ones to good to very good to weird and so uh this trailer drops for vhs 99 it's a shutter original and the tagline is before smartphones before selfies there was only vhs <laughs> and um this is going to drop October 22nd, so it's right before uh, Halloween, and it's cool. This is VHS 99, so it's going to set the entire universe back in 99. Uh, okay. This isn't the first time that some of the stories within the the series have gone back, but it appears that this entire one is going to go back to 99, so we're going to go back to that era, that time, uh, specifically when it comes to technology and things like that, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that classic meme, like if uh, Home Alone took place today, the movie would last like a minute because Kevin would just go on his cell phone and like text his parents. Yeah. Oh, where are you at? Yeah. Oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm on my way back. I'll send an Uber for you. Send an, oh, send an Uber for Kevin. Kevin would have been at the airport. That movie would have been in and out in 17 minutes. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so it's cool that sometimes we have to... You know, sometimes it's hard because, like, we're so Accustomed. spoiled by, like, technology. We can't imagine an era of, like, no cell phones. But, like, right. you watch a concert footage from, like, a concert in, like, 1990, 91. There's nobody holding up anything. Cell phones and things. that You see jack shit. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, a rock concert. Everybody's hanging out, grooving. There might be the auto camera or things like that. Right, yeah. Whereas now, I was watching uh, footage from, like, a Bad Bunny concert. And, bro, it's, like... It's just a sea of cell phones. Just everybody trying to get like the best shot yeah. of said concert. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to go on some side tangent about that. You want to do it? That's fine. I take photos. I take videos. But I'm not constantly there like recording the whole thing. Yeah. But it's just amazing how the eras of technology change. And so VHS 99 is going to be coming back. They released a sort of like a teaser kind of gimmick. Um, looks really, really cool. I know you're not a horror guy. I would uh, I would suggest watch one of the VHS, see if it's your thing. And like I said, the nice thing about these movies is they're anthologies. So if like if something is not hating, just wait a few minutes because there's going to be something else something coming else around happen. the corner. <laughs> yeah, some other thing will come. Some of them are really scary though. Like some of them are like, holy, uh, uh, 
don't know, like going up the stairs really quietly with all right. the lights up, stuff like that. And then other ones are, they really pull into like the sci-fi aspect of it. Right. There's a few of them that try like, uh, there's like a Tony Hawkish kind of one where like these skateboarders have to fight off these zombies. Like it can get really, really <laughs> dumb and stupid. Right. Um, but yeah, really, really good stuff. And I just love watching an anthology with anything really, but with this stuff, just because it's four or five different uh, directors, teams, all coming up with their own version of what a, a found footage uh, film right. is. Have you ever watched any found footage films like uh, the Blair Witch Project or uh, anything I've like only, that? Or, or the only, Paranormal like TVTs? Yeah, those. I've seen some of those. Um, and Chronicle is also a found footage film, um, but it's it's not really a horror movie. There's horror elements, but it's not a <laughs> horror movie. Oh, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm watching the trailer for this and it's like, this. yeah, of course, this isn't really my thing. But I will say my biggest criticism of horror movies is they don't do their job with me. Like, I'm never terrified of them. Uh, like, big production ones, like like any bullshit horror movie that hits the theaters, it's like I automatically think it's bad because it's like this is a production. It's They're trying their best to scare me, but I don't even feel uneasy about it. Like, I don't know. Those ones, like, I like classic ones like Friday the 13th and stuff, but that's because it's more character driven. I want to see Jason, like, do bullshit. I don't necessarily care for people surviving Jason's attack. You know what I mean? So the perspective has changed. Whereas these movies that usually come out, it's like, oh, how are they going to survive or whatever? So it's like these found footage ones, I definitely am more into just because they would scare me. They would, they do have the tools to scare me a little more than like a horror movie. So I don't know. I might check this out. I'll check something out of it. If you're so behind them, like you say you are, um, but some of it looks ridiculous. Like there's a guy that wields a shovel and he swings down and then like blood splatters on his face and he's like in a business. It just looks crazy. I don't know. I, I have a hard time taking them seriously and that's part of my problem. But I I know that's like a me problem, not like a general problem with the with the, the genre. So I'm not saying it's bad or anything like that. But uh, no, I'll check it out. Uh, you know, I'm always willing to, uh, if you're behind it or whatever, if someone I know is behind something, I'll genuinely give it a check out. Like why not? Nothing to lose. But it's only on Shutter, huh? Damn. I think some of these movies um, with the found footage stuff, what really makes them work for me is that because you're doing a found footage film, you're almost handcuffed into what you can and and can't get away with. Right. As opposed to a movie that just takes place out in any kind of uh, universe. For me, the scariest part has never been the monster. It's always been what's in the dark. The unknown. Whereas I think with you is... You're more about kind of the monster, right? Like the Jason, the Freddy, and, and things not, like not that, Not that it's right? scary. It's just... No, right. I'm in it for the gimmick kind of thing, where it's yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. want to see Jason, because Jason's like, at this point in 2022, very legendary. So it's like, I want to see Jason, I want to see... But it fits like a horror movie about some dude that has a gun in the house, and you're trying to figure out a way to like you know, get away from the house or whatever. I know that's technically more classified as like a thriller, but like... I don't know when there's no gimmick to the horror movies, they're even worse to me. Like, like saw, like saw, I'll watch saw because it's like a very fucked up predicament that they find themselves in, but I don't watch it for the horror. I watch it to see like the crazy shit they're going to, that they're going to do. Cause to me, I'm okay with gory movies. I just, the horror movies are the ones that are just like, I don't, I don't understand like the shitty Netflix horror movies that come out like six in one week every year, like, or uh, every month. It's like, 
I'm not going to watch any of these. These are all horrible. I recently actually saw one that's like, it's not horror. It's very thriller-like. But again, it falls into the same trap where I'm like, I don't care about any of this bullshit. Which one? Uh, I'll talk about it. But it was a movie I saw called End of the Road. Right. Uh, stars Queen Latifah and uh, Ludacris. It just came out on Netflix this week. It sounds horrible. It sounds, it's as bad as it Shame is. Shame on you for watching that. Blame the wife. No, no, I blame you. I blame myself too. Anyway. Yeah, end of the road. It's not even coming up. Queen Latifah? Queen Latifah and Ludacris. Rated wow. R. Got a 4.7 out of 10 on uh, IMDb. <laughs> God, wow. I wouldn't have given it that low, damn. Yeah, no. I think uh, what I would recommend is uh, next time you look for a horror movie, I want you to choose one that doesn't star anybody that you know and is not directed by anybody that you know. That's my homework to you. That's easy. And I think you'll... There's a lot of good stuff. I used to be like you in the early 2000s. I've always liked horror movies, but in the early 2000s, especially after like the scary movies, pointed out how dumb some of these movies are, um, I really went through like a down period where I didn't like horror movies at all. And then... Uh, I had fun with some of them. Like, I remember watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the remake that they did in, like, 2000 or 2003 with, like, Jessica Biel and a bunch mm -hmm. of them. I thought that was... That one had its moments. Like, that one was like, holy shit. And then I started watching, uh, like, uh, some of the out-of-the-box ones, like, when Hostel came out. That one really scared the hell out of me. Not scared, but scared in a... Well, this is fucked up if, you know, because you can almost believe that something like that could exist. Right. Where like rich, powerful people pay these companies or whatever to take these expensive trips to like places in Europe that are like two hours or three hours off off the grid, and you go into these facilities and you're basically paying this company to allow you to torture and murder whomever. Right. You know what I mean? With this poor schmuck tourist that got taken at a hostel somewhere, stuff like that is nuts. And then with the Saw series, I thought the first one was really clever. Thought that was like a, but you're right. These are all gimmick movies, right? And um, after that, uh, I just kind of started watching uh, just more things off the beaten path, and uh, just really, really like the found footage stuff was fun. But I think even like the paranormal activities have kind of like run their course. Mm -hmm. And there was a part of me that with some of the VHS movies, not movies, but like stories within, I was like, I don't know if that works or doesn't work. But that's why I said it's just a nice mixture of. Uh, of different things so uh yeah i'm excited about that one so i'll check it out and uh get back to everybody after i watch it on october 22nd oh end of the road looks horrible by the way <laughs> i'll get into it don't worry but that's not really a horror movie though that's uh no it's it's a thriller with horror elements it's an action it's, movie yeah. it's no no i wouldn't say that it's it was it's a shitty movie anyways next up uh the iron claw in development it's a uh, that's a movie about what the Von Erichs in the wrestling. Yep. Jeremy Allen White will play Kerry Von Erich. He joins Zac Efron in pro wrestling dynasty movie. That is that. So I didn't know about this until I saw it here. This is very interesting, actually. Um, upcoming biopic on the Von Erich family. It's cast as Kerry Von Erich. Um, so he's part of the FX series The Bear. Was previously part of the cast of Showtime's Shameless. The Iron Claw is being written and directed by Sean Orkin or Durkin. I can't tell if that's a D or an O. Who else wrote and uh, directed the critically acclaimed film Martha, Martha Marcy May Marlene in 2011? A24 and Access Industries are co-financing The Iron Claw, and A24 is producing the movie. Based off the true story of the Von Erichs. Okay, Chris, tell me about the Von Erichs. Like, how, what, what's your, um, 
what what are your uh, thoughts on the Von Erichs? Obviously, you, you were a longer, more uh, deeper wrestling fan than I ever was. So what is the Von Erichs? Tell the people. And uh, what do you think of the movie? Uh, well, the movie's not a yet, so I don't know what the to, movie news. <laughs> what to the say news about the, on movie. the movie. Sorry, uh, the 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 Von Erichs were a wrestling family from you know back in the sixties. Excuse me, seventies and eighties and and early nineties. And uh, the father had uh, his own wrestling company, and all the sons were in it. But the way the sons work is that uh, they all ranged from wanting to follow his father into the business to feeling like they have to be in the business to not wanting to be in the business to being forced into the business. Wow. And so there's a lot of that. And um, what ended up happening was uh, one of the sons ended up committing suicide. And then there was another son who passed away. I forget what happened. I think he got sick or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then basically another one of the brothers then took his own life. Right. So it became like this, My God. this suicide thing. And so, um, the, the the biggest one that to come out of that was uh, Carrie Von Erich. And so Carrie ended up being the ultimate warrior in uh in the early nineties. Right. So he was he was really famous uh for playing that character. Even though that was only like a one and a half year gimmick, just goes to show you how far and how uh how permeating some of these characters and wrestlers were for its time, just to show you how many people were kind of watching it at that time. And uh, he ended up taking his own life as well. Yeah. And so after a while, the, the only people that ended up being uh, alive, I believe, were one of the sons and, uh, and the father, which was Fritz. And there's always been this controversy, especially among, you know, insiders, dirt sheets, whatever, of did Fritz go too far in, like, making his sons wrestle or get into the business or that he pushed him too hard because he was the owner of, uh, I believe it was the AWA where they were, um, they were all, most of them, they were all pushed. Right. And they were hugely, hugely over. Right. So, um, I guess the movie's going to follow that story. There's been documentaries and things like that. And there was a dark side of the ring that came out in 2014, 15, but this is looking like it's, they're slowly putting the ingredients in, which is great. I always like when, you know, when you see a movie production, they're signing this person, signing that person, as opposed to just announcing that they're signing a whole bunch of people. Just because um, it gives uh, it gives you the sense that they're taking their time with it, as opposed to just, hey, here's the announcement and here are all 10 people involved. Yeah. And so I haven't seen The Bear it's definitely interesting. I like movies that center around uh, cooking and food. I've always found that to be a fascinating world. Um, and Alan, Jeremy Allen White, who I don't know, but uh, he did get the meme treatment. I'm sure if you've seen him in memes, he's the guy that's wearing like the chef outfit. Oh, yeah. And he, and he just looks googly eyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, usually the meme will say something like, when your mom asks you to turn over the tortillas and now you think you're like a chef or something <laughs> like that. Whatever it is, yeah, right? Yeah. When you finally make uh, macaroni and cheese in less than 15 minutes, you know. <laughs> and so the story in The Bear, for anybody that might be watching it, is, uh, or for anybody that's not watching it, but it is currently on TV. Uh, it, the story basically follows Jeremy Allen White, who was or is or somehow was a fine dining uh, restaurant chef who now has to come and work at their parents' uh, like deli sandwich place uh-huh, right around okay. the corner. So that's kind of how it follows that one. So, um, 
yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm excited about this movie. I think it, it has the potential to be really good. Um, A24, they seem to really take their time with their projects and they they, they think before they act uh, with some of the stuff that I've seen. So this has a lot of, uh, this has some potential, I think. Could this be the next The Wrestler, you know, Darren Aronofsky, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, reception and things like that? I don't know. But they definitely got the right ingredients, and the story is compelling enough. And if I missed anything, my bad. But that's kind of how I remember. I remember that story at the top of my head. But you can go on the YouTube's and uh, and, and check out the story of Devon Eriks. Very, really, really sad. But when I was a kid, I was around uh, 92, 93. I would have been uh, nine or ten years old, and I remember the the Texas tornado. And as a kid, I always thought that he almost looks like a slightly smaller version of the Ultimate Warrior, you know, because right. he kind of has that look. Um, he even had the tassels around his boots. Mm. So, uh, yeah, but very, very sad story. If, if handled properly, um, it could be really, really good. This will definitely be a drama. This is not going to be any kind of like, uh, you know, action comedy or anything like that. No, but yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll be following that one for sure. Yeah. Check out, uh, the episode on the Von Erichs of, uh, dark side of the ring that came out in 2019. Uh, I'm going to probably check that out before this comes out. I'm interested. I, uh, especially just Zach Efron being in it, you know, I, I think he's a great underrated actor. So that already like kind of fuels the fire for me. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, anything post 95 is what I know of wrestling. If I know anything of wrestling, the, the early days of wrestling, I, I'm very, I have like blank spots all over and this is probably one of them. Like I know he went on to be the ultimate warrior, but I didn't really know about the Von Eric family in general. Uh, so this appeals definitely to me because if I could catch the whole thing in, in movie form and it's a good movie, uh, there's no problem. I have no problem with that. I would be checking this out. This is a theater movie, right? This isn't coming to like some BS, uh, service. Well, that's kind of how they come out now. They, they stream, right? I know. Although, uh, what was, there was a movie recently that I saw that, uh, was going to stream, but now it's coming to theater. Anyway, I forget, but. I've seen it. I'm seeing it go both ways now. And you know what it is, Pac? I think part of that, too, is um, during COVID, the last two, three years, I think a lot of people just gotten used to just streaming, right? Stream, stay, yeah. Right, like stay at home, all that bullshit, right? <clears throat> and now it's kind of like, holy shit, the theaters are dying. Put these fucking movies back yeah. out there, right? <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I, we're gonna. I, I would imagine we're going to see announcements both ways. We're going to see stuff being announced on stream. And right. yeah, it's not ideal, but... Um, you definitely don't want to want to run into a situation with like um, oh, the the Scarlett Johansson movie that was streamed, but then oh, was geez. supposed to have a theater. Remember that whole thing, that whole yeah. lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Zach Efron. I like Zach Efron. You know, I think there's a lot of substance there. Um, I mean, he does do the 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 the, um, the stud muffin stuff like Baywatch with the Rock yeah. and things like that, but. Um, I think uh, I th- I think this could be a good role for him. Yeah, definitely. I definitely see him as like a. Uh, people are gonna get mad if I say Christian Bale, but like one of those kind of actors, you know, like takes the craft serious. You know, oh, he's yeah. like the maybe not the next Hollywood A guy, but um, yeah, I think I, I think this would be a I think this could be really good. I saw him in the, the Ted Bundy movie, and ever since that, I had this like newfound respect for the guy where it's like, okay, he, he's not <laughs> right. just a dumbass. Like he doesn't do these stupid like roles. He, he can take serious ass roles and go from what you saw of uh, what you showed me of gold, the movie gold that he did. It might not be the best yeah. movie, but like the scenes I saw of him, I was pretty impressed with the acting. So, Hey, there's a, there's hope. 
Yeah, and that gold movie, if anybody hasn't seen it, it was one of my anticipated movies of this year. <laughs> Go easy on me. I did, you know, I did kind of peg that last year. But um, trailer looked good. You saw the trailer. That looked yeah, like a good yeah. fucking movie. No, it looked awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately, it smelled good, looked good, but, uh, you know. It didn't taste eh. good. <laughs> eh. It looked like it looked like you were going to get, like, fine dining uh, Italian pizza, and instead you got, like, Microwavable, you know what I mean? You got that Maybe not that you. bad. Maybe not that bad. Maybe like a really nice aunt who tried her best, but I was like, eh. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, get out of get here. Uh, but if anybody hasn't seen Gold, check that one out. That's Zach Efron's in it. Um, I don't know about check it out, but if you want to check it out, they do a lot of things right. They Watch set the, the mood properly. The 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 guy that he works opposite is really really good. The the sleaze bag that he's kind of like going back and forth about making the deal. Um, so spoiler alert, they are a possible spoiler alert, but there is a piece of gold in the middle of the desert, nowhere. And, uh, Zach Efron needs to move it. And it makes you realize how hard it would be to even move that thing without telling somebody, right? About it. Yeah. And then they're in the know, you know what I mean? And that's, that's a lot of fucking, you can get killed for that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Hey Ryan, I have $2 million in my living room. Can you help me come move it? Yeah, I'll be right there. <laughs> but anyway, the whole point to my uh, side ramble here is that there's a scene toward the end of the movie where this guy, Zach Efron's character, he's just on his last whims. Yeah. Because he has to stay there and watch this gold while this other guy goes to town to get help. Spoiler right. alert. Um, and there's a part where he's just down and out, and it's just one of those like Leonardo DiCaprio Revenant style performances where he's just down and beat down and he's got like the saliva running down his face and his face is beaten and he's lost weight and he's covered in you know all kinds of things you know it's just one of those kind of like oh it makes you want to like take a shower after watching one of those scenes yeah and that's how you feel for this guy you actually feel really bad and you for and you forget that it's Zach Efron and that's the biggest compliment I can give him because sometimes when I'm watching one of these movies with one of these guys I just can't get over that that's you know Mark Wahlberg, for example, you know, <laughs> I have to use a lot of imagination to not see Mark Wahlberg because I just see him as warm yeah, Mark Wahlberg all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah how you doing? I do, whatever the fuck. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. That Cast more unknowns. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for movie news. OK, I'm just going to talk about a shitty movie I saw recently. Jesus. Uh, it's called End of the Road. It stars Queen Latifah. Oh, you were coincidentally going to talk about this piece of shit. Yeah, I was going to talk about this shitty movie. And uh, yeah, Queen Latifah and Ludacris are probably the biggest actors in there. Um the movie showed potential like it, if you I'll say this I'll say this real quick yeah from what I saw in the trailer that popped up on IMDB when I went to go look at it right it looked like they spent money on like the shots and getting yes. the locations correct and colors pop they, in this they movie they both look like stars yeah no, but definitely. that's also kind of what takes away from yes. you know what I'm saying so <laughs> that yeah coincidentally enough that's an issue it looks like Queen Latifah <laughs> it, it's in, just in Queen Latifah yeah it's just Queen Latifah yeah. but anyway uh, yeah, I will say the production definitely it looks good. Like the shots, it's a lot of desert driving, but you know the blue sky and you know the the way the desert pops. I I like the coloring in the movie for sure. Um, it's just the writing is just so trash. It's like it's, it made me so angry. So basically, the story of this film is Queen Latifah is a uh, a mother of two who lost her husband and is being forced to sell the house and move across the country because uh, m- money issues, obviously. And Ludacris is her brother, so he's the uncle of the two kids, right? 
So at first when you start watching this movie, it's giving you a lot of like Hills Have Eyes vibes, kind of, because they're starting to like venture off into the desert on this road trip of three days. Uh, and it's like a lot of sketchy, like, you know, people from Arizona. It takes place in Arizona. And I'm just going to call it like it is. They try to really portray like, you know, white people, like the, like the, uh, the, the, the Hicks, the, uh, you know, the Hills Have Eyes people. Just like these sketchy fucking people with like neo-Nazi uh, crap on them. <laughs> it's like basically the, the the first thing that happens in this movie is they pull over for gas and the daughter's like texting and then these two white guys are seeing are seeing her. So they make like a sexual gesture at her and she she flips them off and gets in the car. They drive off. Those two dudes end up, end up following them and give them a hard time and basically forces Queen Latifah to get out of the car go to them and they force her to like apologize really loud and that for her to acknowledge their white privilege like it's one of those movies where it's like there's a lot of social messages it's heavy handed it's very heavy handed uh it's at first i was like okay this is whatever then all of a sudden we get into the plot the meat and potatoes to where they stay in a motel there's a murder in the next room they go see the murder queen latifah happens to be a nurse so she checks the guy out and ludicrous finds (laughs) a bag of money under the sink and he can't help himself and takes it Sure enough, this pisses someone off, so now they're being wanted by Mr. Cross, who is the bad guy of the movie. No one knows who he is. No one knows. They has never seen him. They just know he's powerful, and eventually, if he's after you, you're going to die. Eventually, uh, Ludacris tells Queen Latifah about the, the money he, that, that he found and took. She gets mad, so she's like, we got to return this. And he's like, but this could change our lives. Come on, like, whatever. And because they don't return it, the youngest son gets kidnapped at one point. Right. Yeah. The daughter eventually gets kidnapped, and eventually Ludacris will get kidnapped. Where it leaves Queen Latifah on this big goose chase to where she leaves the money in a motel, texts the cross guy to go get it, but then the maid cleaning the room found the money and she drove off with it. So now she has to find this maid. It's It's a wild goose chase movie. It's a wild goose chase, but it's also one of the most predictable movies I've ever watched in my fucking life. I automatically knew who Mr. Cross was. I automatically knew what was going to happen to everybody in this movie. And I automatically knew, you know, like I knew everything that was going to happen. Like, like if they went to this to kill some time when, before the kidnapping happened, they go to this, uh, this part of Arizona where they're having like a, uh, an old Western presentation. Like it's, actors and they're watching this show like there's a duel outside they have like these buildings that look like the old west and the kid's like oh i'm gonna go to the washroom it's like okay well be careful you're by yourself i already knew he's gonna get kidnapped I'm like, oh, well here we go and then he, sure enough that's what happened very predictable movie i'm gonna spoil it the cop that helps him ends up being the fucking mr cross guy who kidnaps them so it's like which i called and it ends up in a ridiculous uh a ridiculous like shootout slash driving chase it was such a bad movie. I give it a three out of ten. Um, I don't recommend this at all. I watched it strictly because I like Queen Latifah and, and Ludacris. But other than that, this was pretty bad. And that's all I'll say about it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the game flow section. A lot of stuff happened this week. You could catch most of my thoughts on the Nintendo Direct and State of Play on my Game Flow podcast, Game Flow number five. But I'll talk about the things that uh, that popped for me. Obviously, the sequel to Breath of the Wild was announced, and it's called The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and it is going to be out in May of 2023. They gave us a little more, a little more driplets of uh, footage here that I, it's not really much commenting on. It's like the world is still 
there but now link is like uh, he spends a lot of time in the air floating on platforms and there's just not a lot of this game to see like i just i can't talk about it really like i don't know i could tell he has some new abilities obviously and i could tell that the world is a lot more open literally because now you can go to the sky possibly underground who knows but until they give us like a solid ass trailer that explains a lot of things i honestly can't really say much about it one thing that i'm so confused over is back uh earlier in the year they said that they couldn't reveal the title because it would give away major plot points no one on the internet knows what this title is about so it didn't give away anything no one really understands what this title is and i think they were just talking out of their ass when they said that now so yeah um, I don't know, but I'm excited because, you know, if it's going to be anything like Breath of the Wild, it's going to be a great game. And it's definitely, uh, it was on my most wanted game of 2022, but that, uh, it got pushed back and that ended up not happening. So I'll see it in May. Uh, Chris, any thoughts? They didn't really, uh, show much. It was kind of like a, like a, almost like a teaser trailer with some writing on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the very least, everybody got a uh, drop date. So May 12, 2023. Uh, that's super exciting. I, I know how much uh, Zelda fans have been waiting for that news. I know how long you've been waiting for it. So uh, that's cool. But again, not a lot shown here. I would have liked to seen something, um, which is almost a complete opposite of uh, what they did in State of Play with respect to God of War, where I thought they maybe they showed out a little bit too much. Just too much. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle is like a perfect balance of like what to show but also when and I feel like this May 12, 2023 could have just been a really nice Twitter or Instagram post and it, it still would have uh, you know lit the internet on fire yeah. this trended but I wouldn't say it lit the internet on fire it was more like okay we have a drop date cool yeah. May 12, 2023 and we have a name uh, Tears of the Kingdom or as uh, you were telling me, some people think it might be Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I heard this crazy theory where <laughs> Tears, Tears of the Kingdom. First of all, it doesn't really make sense because Tears of the Kingdom isn't really like a correct thing to say. You would say Tear of the Kingdom, if anything. But anyway. No, but it could. there could be more than one tear. It depends what you mean by kingdom, right? Like, let's just yeah, say, for, yeah. for example, um, let's just say we're a, we're a, we're a political newspaper. And we want to talk about the political landscape in the kingdom. A title could be Terrors, Terrors of the Kingdom in terms of something like that. I guess that, right? that's true. Yeah. Anyway. What about Fears of the Kingdom? Fears of the Kingdom. Um, Tears for Fears? That could have. Yeah, that, that's a Tears. Nice reference. That's a horrible <laughs> thing. You, All right. Anyway. Can you, you imagine Zelda sold out? Chris is off the sauce. <laughs> Can you imagine if, if uh, Zelda sold out and all of a sudden they got yours for fears to under to play underneath like gameplay? For yeah, they play uh, <laughs> they play Mad World or like tears 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 for fears of the game. Pale Shelter. <laughs> I want Pale Shelter in the in the in the trailer. It's um, not even a Switch game. It's just like a downloadable thing <laughs> on like Rock Band. <laughs> it's Tears for Fears' next album. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh man. Uh, no, but anyway, Tears of the Kingdom. I found I heard one theory that I kind of like, but I kind of don't like. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom it's more of like a, of course say it with me now a multiverse concept where there's like time rifts happening and it's an attempt to to bring in all the games together to make all those games make sense together and how they how they can fit or whatever there is a bit of credence to this because in Breath of the Wild if you look at the map and you 
read what each location is called, like within the little ponds and the little subsidies and stuff. It's very, it's a lot of mentions to other Zelda games. Like, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of places in there that don't exist in any other places except one specific other game. So it's like, I could see this being like a, you know, coming together of games. But on the other hand, I don't want that to happen because that sounds like a fucking mess. That sounds so like so unnecessary. I, I've been accustomed to for Zelda games to be spaced out generations apart. Like they're loosely connected, but they're not really connected. I don't need I don't need a game explaining everything like that would be a final fantasy did that and explained how seven eight nine ten eleven twelve are all connected i don't need that don't do that it's horrible it's a horrible idea um but nintendo since confirmed that it's tears of the kingdom so it's we don't have to worry about tears of the kingdom it is tears they, they confirmed this so yeah i'm excited cool. we'll see um again not much that i can talk about in regards to what you've seen up until now it's been like three 30 second clips and if you put them all together, it's still not enough to know what the hell's happening. So, well, I'm I'm gonna expect like around, maybe around January, February, we're gonna get like a direct of some kind, uh, probably centered around the game, and uh, we'll see then what they have cooking for us. But I'm excited regardless. I think one of the uh, one of the things that we could start to see games do is is build our own universes a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, on the last cafe, we were talking about the uh, the Assassin's Creed games and how Ubisoft is trying to create this starting point for all players. Whether you've played one of the games, none of the games, or just curious about one of the games, you can right. just go into this hub, for the lack of a better word. Yeah. And somehow, some of these older games could all be connected somehow. It's an interesting theory. It's almost like creating like a like a multiverse within your own ip right yeah and so i don't know how this is going to play out or if that's even if they're even pushing that heavy into doing something like that but it wouldn't surprise me in general for for us to see in the future like different ips creating these universes that kind of pay homage to their older games you know Mm. i don't know what that would look like in all scenarios and i'm not suggesting that for all ips but because it's you know there's the thing about time as well right some of these things take place in different times yeah but it would not it would not uh surprise me like a like a grand theft auto universe you know where you could be playing six but somehow you incorporate five if you want to step through this door in the game and you go into five somehow or you know what i mean it uh it's interesting it reminds me of have you seen the new trailer for street fighter yeah that, isn't that nuts? That looks Not insane. trailer, sorry. The the three minute thing that IGN had. They had like a three minutes like preview of uh, like kind of some of the open world stuff that they had. Oh yeah, some yeah, of that's the battle system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks insane. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It almost it almost looks like you're gonna play like a, almost a creative fighter in that universe. Yeah. But in that universe, you will go up to arcades and actually get locked play in the and then fighter be able stuff. to play the street fighter yeah, game yeah but you can also pull out of the street fighter stuff and just like battle somebody on the street like yeah that's kind of crazy it's insane i didn't i was trying to make that up too i'm like so the street fighter aspect is in the arcade machines but then you could leave the arcade machines and meet the street fighter people in real life like in in the yeah open world it's kind of meta right? it is like, kind of crazy uh i i think Honestly, they probably mixed a couple modes in that footage. Like maybe there is a mode where it's like arcade machines or something. I don't yeah. Know. 
I'm very interested in Street Fighter 6. I've never been this hyped up for a Street Fighter because that looks crazy. But I mean, it looks crazy, right? And it kind of like... <laughs> but if it's too outside, like outside the box looking in, it's going to be hard to get invested in like, oh, I'm Kent or whatever, trying to complete no. this storyline. I'm like, not Kent. Yeah, but the storyline is bullshit. I'm You're a actually guy controlling like, Ken. <laughs> yeah, right. You are magic underscore 316, you know, like yeah. battling this other dude and, you know. It's uh, it's interesting. It's I'm I'm curious to see more. And again, that was just like another IGN thing that dropped with like no again, context to, to it really. That shit. And it's like, what are we looking at here? Um, I haven't heard any feedback. This did not blow up the internet at all. So I'm gonna have to go out of my way and try to find some feedback for that little clip that came out. I think a couple days ago, two three days ago. Yeah, but that was really interesting. I was like, holy shit! It's like Mortal Kombat did something like that, you know? Yeah. You're Liu Kang and you kick uh, Raiden's ass and the fight ends and you pull out and it's like, no, you're actually Magic 316 and you just beat like, you know, Ruby Soho 24 or something. Acapello 95. But then Raiden, <laughs> does Raiden also exist in that world? Right. He's the one controlling Raiden. Is he behind you like, all right, now fight me in the real world. And <laughs> yeah. he, throws, he throws three lightning bolts out. Now you're fighting him outside the game? And you're getting your does, ass Is smoked? that considered like a non-sanctioned match? <laughs> Like, does that count to your oh, record? Now it can, it can get really confusing, right? Does that count toward your fighter record? Right, because you lost in real life, but not in the machines. But not in the machine. I don't like this topic. This is hurting my my brains. Yeah. I want to talk more about that next week. I'm going to do some digging, actually. I'm going to make a side note here. Because, uh, yeah, Street Fighter Six looks like uh, no other Street Fighter we've seen yet. Um, anyway, yeah, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom that's coming out in May. Tears, Tears of the Kingdom. The Tears of the Kingdom. It's not It's not even Kingdom, it's Kingdom. I guess Tears if you're in the UK or something like that. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, maybe. Have you played Tears of the Kingdom? Did you played the Tears of Kingdom. That's right, offensive. It Stop is. That. We're going to edit All this. All right, get to the next point. All right, uh, next point. PlayStation State of Play happened this week. Chris, uh, I made a whole game flow thing so everybody knows what I think. Everybody. Yeah. Yes. What were your thoughts on the State of Play? Yes, real quick. Okay, Tekken 8, cool. I'm not a Tekken guy, but look cool. if you're a Tekken person, like that game looked fucking mm-hmm. look good. Uh, releases to be announced. That's on the PS5. Star Wars Tales from the mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge. This is not uh, for me, but for Star Wars fans, that's a cool thing to get excited about, especially coming on the PSVR. And then Demio, also on the VR2. That one's not for me as well. Uh, what would you say Demio is like? Man, Demio looks like if... If you were playing like Dungeons and Dragons, and when right. you rolled the dice, the dice actually like came alive and like executed something for it to happen virtually on the game board. Right. It's it's a very odd concept. It's kind of like um, Monopoly. No, it's definitely like Monopoly, but it's like it's kind of uh, what's an interactive like? It's just like an interactive board game, right. realistically. But like instead of like you have to instead of imagining a knight. Swinging a sword at someone, you're actually gonna see the knight do that. That's all right. It is. Yeah, almost like that, uh, like the Harry Potter VR game, where you got the wand. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking so about. So in, in the game, in the there's a Harry Potter uh, v, uh, PSVR game where you play as like a wizard. This is old. This is the first VR. Oh, okay. On the PS, uh, oh, okay. The f- first VR. Before yeah. And uh, you play like creating spells and stuff like that. Oh. So you're just moving your hand around, right. but in the game you're moving like an actual wand and casting these spells. Oh right, right. 
yeah, so yeah it's kind of a. I mean, but that's like, same, but that's like one to one with VR. Whereas this could have, this could have like just been a, a regular game. It didn't even have to be VR. This board game thing, you know. Yeah. It's just that now that it is VR, you're even more into it. I guess I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, and then like a dragon Ishin. I don't know any of these characters, but uh, I could talk about this very quickly. As to go what ahead, this is. man. This looks good, but go ahead. Yeah. So I uh, this blew my mind when I found out what this is all about. So. The Yakuza series in Japan is called Like a Dragon, right? So this was a game that was in Japan already, but never came here. So now it's coming here and it's a Yakuza spinoff. Like it's the Yakuza characters in a, in a different setting. <laughs> but this is also part of the plan to rebrand the Yakuza franchise into Like a Dragon. So from here on out, they're all going to be called Like a Dragon. So instead of Yakuza 8, it's going to be called Like a Dragon 8. So they're doing the the uh, the Dragon Warrior to Dragon Quest thing back in the day, right? So it's interesting. Yeah, so that that appears to be like a remake or a remaster. Uh, I'm not sure when the original came out, what year that was. So yeah, mm-hmm. but this does exist in Japan in some form. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This is the first time that's going to be available outside of uh, Japan. And then uh, Pacific Drive that looked interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird kind of vibe. Uh, I love the colors in that trailer. And then it almost feels like you're going to play as the car. It's just a driving game (laughs) from what I saw with stuff happening on that drive. It's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of had a moody kind of Stranger Things-ish kind of uh, tone to it. A A little brighter than that. but Good point. And the PlayStation Stars loyalty program, this will be like, uh, I guess you're going to get little gimmicks. I shot all over that on the game flow. It's almost like NFTs, but not. It's just NFT But you're going to get these little... You're going to get these little gimmicks uh, for buying stuff. It'll be a loyalty program. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Sin Duality, Bandai Namco. What is it? The uh, Was that the mech game? That was the mech game, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the mech game. Yeah, it's not for me, but that's cool. Stellar Blade, yep. Uh, Rise of the Ronin. This is the one that kind of everybody was talking about for about five minutes before the God of War Ragnarok mm-hmm. uh, thing came out that night. But uh, <clears throat> this looks awesome. Rise of the Ronin. This will be the next big uh, Sony PlayStation IP. What do you think about Rise of the Ronin? Oh, uh, after playing something like Ghost of Tsushima, this is right up my alley. <laughs> it looked yeah. uh, it looked incredible. I think Team Ninja Team Ninja is doing this. Um, no, it looks awesome. More Ghost of. I actually thought it was Ghost because the the main character looked like Jin a little bit. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm excited for this one. But it is like two years away still. So. Awesome. Two years away looks really good, and it this looks like it'll incorporate guns as well. No, that's the other game. Which one am that's, I thinking uh, about? That, that's like a dragon uh, issue. I swore I saw some guy take a swing at a guy with a sword, and then like shoot him with the with the same sword. You know those sword gun gimmicks? Oh, like uh, in Final Fantasy. Hold on. Yeah. Rise of the Ronin. Let me see. I I could be mistaken as well. Yeah, there's a gun right there. Five seconds in, dude. Oh, I guess there. Oh, yeah, there is. There's one on the end of the staff. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's okay. You can edit this. Uh, but I like the use of uh, the guns, so it'll be like a different technology thing. And cool. also that glider gimmick. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like. I feel like a lot of games have, uh, they're kind of finding, and now this is the cool thing about being in a later generation, 
you're not going to have alternate ways to get around where it can be coded into the game and it doesn't take up, you know, maybe not as much time as like a PlayStation 3 game where they were thinking about, hey, maybe this guy can walk, but he can also fly. Yeah. And, you know, now we're seeing in the Spider-Man games, you can glide around and even in the Batman games, you can glide around and now we're going to get the uh, kind of the same treatment here, which it looks really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, there's still a lot more to be uh, determined here, but you're right. As soon as the trailer starts, there's like a there's like a guy doing like a voiceover, and I'm like, oh man, that's Jin. But no, yeah. it's not. It's this. <laughs> that is not Jin. This is Ronan. This is a completely different uh, gimmick. So that's cool. And then they dropped uh, the God of War Ragnarok Limited Edition DualSense controller. Looks nice, you know. And with a little gimmick, um, I don't know how I feel about the logo. The logo just looks a little too stock for me. I don't like the controller with at like all. the two wolves. Yeah, I don't like it. But I'm sure somebody out there does. So, sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice little controller. But then the meat and potatoes, God of War, Ragnarok, the trailer played. And it played. <laughs> and it played. And it kept playing. This was, uh, in my opinion, a little bit too long. But I'm not going to complain about it. I, I think if you weren't sold on uh, buying this game before, I think you're sold now. It just shows a lot more stuff in it. And to your point from earlier in this podcast, you can really begin to see uh, just how nice this game is going to look. It really does look PlayStation 5 uh, worthy. Um, so it looks, it looks really, really good. And there was a little bit on the uh, on the internet, uh, just some people like, oh, you're ruining plot points. It does look like there will be some friction between father and son and things like that. And there's another character that, that we kind of see in the trailer. But... Um, friction between the father and the son even existed in the 2018 version right pac-man yeah i was just gonna say if anything they're kind of spoiling the first game if you didn't play it uh with certain things but it has been like five years <laughs> so that's there you a, go it's yeah. kind of on you but still yeah 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 it's true it's kind of like watching uh well yeah but um what'd you think it looks really really good and it comes up fairly soon yeah, I uh, the color that they used in this is drastically different. Where I, I think the first God of War, uh, a lot of whites and grays, and you did have worlds that like had color in them. But I always think of that that game as like very white and gray, just because it took place in the winter most of the time. Yeah, um, this one looks a lot, a lot more colorful, a lot more interesting uh, places it seems to visit, a lot more. Uh, you know, when it comes to combat, I find a lot more has changed. Like, I feel like there's a lot more options for how you go about things. And it looks like uh, the sun is also more, uh, you can control them a little more than how you could in the first game, which is pretty cool. Because uh, in the first game, they had like father-son combos kind of thing, which I'm sure they'll have here. But it also looks like there's going to be instances where Atreus is probably like your only playable character. And like he he's going to be the one you need to rely on to get out of jams. So it looks pretty cool. Um I like the first one. I like the story of the first one, and that's pretty much what's propelling me to get this one, and this one just looks really badass. So, yeah, it's a no-brainer for me. Now, the first game made a lot of people cry. Do you think this one will also make people cry? Mm, it could. Definitely could. I think that it probably won't have the same impact as the first game did because that was literally, <laughs> like, just so fresh, a fresh take on this series and, like, the, the emotional connection with the father and son is kind of like the whole plot point in a way. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I think if you see them in this in this one, I don't think it's about the crying. It might be deep and stuff, but I don't think it's going to be like as sad as the first one. I feel like they they have a better relationship now 
at least when the game begins. Who knows about the end again? But uh, <laughs> I don't think the uh, I don't think it's going to be as emotional. If anything, it might just be more chaotic. Is what I'm going to guess. Yeah, looks good, man. Yeah. So that what was your favorite? Uh, first day by. What was your favorite thing about the or favorite? What's your favorite game in the whole list? Uh, I'm most curious about Pacific Drive. I know okay. it's a strange one to be curious about, but that one just kind of captured my. My vibe, my flojo, my tambourini. Mm-hmm. There you go. Tambourini. I'm interested in that one. Uh, but no, for me, Rise <coughs> of the Ronin. I mean, God of War, like... That's a given. It's almost like, yeah. That's a given. Who was the biggest star on uh, this WWE card? I don't even need to see the card. If Roman Reigns is on there, he's the star. He's the like, there's no question. Yeah. So God of War for sure. Uh, but no, Rise of the Ronin for me uh, and uh, and Pacific Drive uh, number two. Mm-hmm. What Very did you nice. like? The game I'm actually looking forward to the most is Stellar Blade, <laughs> which you completely glossed over. But yeah, they showed it before as Project Eve, and uh, mm-hmm. I liked it before. But I don't know something about the graphics and like the uh, the combat. Very fast hack and slashy kind of game. Yeah, it looks uh, almost Final Fantasy VII remake ish. That's true. The graphics do kind of look like the mm-hmm. the same engine almost. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I think that whole aesthetic's pretty cool. And the story looks like it's going to be something different. So I don't know. I've always kept tabs on that game. So Stellar Blade is number one. Yeah. God of War is a given. I'm going to check that out. Rise of the Ronin is also something I'd like to check out. And uh, I think I might get into Tekken 8. I think Tekken 8 might be my first uh, official Tekken game that I purchased just because Dang. it looked pretty damn good. <laughs> so Yeah, it uh, looks really good, actually. It looks really good. It does. And after seeing like Street Fighter 6, uh, I'm kind of like on a fighting game kick. I've actually been playing a little bit of fighting games recently. So yeah, Tekken Eight. I might, I might dip my my toes in that. We'll see. Now, if these game uh, makers got together and they decided to do like a universe where you can play, uh, you know, fighters from different games against each other, like that might be cool. Oh, I mean, they've like, done so many, right? Yeah, but just have know. a whole universe of it. So if you want to go in there and every fighting game, oh, run God. like Tekken versus Street Fighter versus oh, Mortal Kombat. You know, you throw a couple of others. Bring That'll never happen. Fatal, bring back cool. the Fatal Fury and the King of Arts yeah. or King of Fighters. Just from a graphic standpoint, that would not make any sense, right? But yeah, that's cool. It's the Mortal Kombat side of it is hard to. It's it's it clashes very hard, heavily with like Street Fighter, <laughs> right? Like yeah, it's just way too serious of a of a graphic style. Compared to the other ones, I could see all of them except Mortal Kombat. But if they were to make like a like a whole slew of them with like the animated kind of fighters, that would be great. Right. <laughs> well, who, did did you like uh, State of Play or did you prefer the um, the Nintendo? Um... I'm a I'm much I'm a diehard Zelda fan, so just the fact that we got the title kind of edges the, the the win. But if I had to judge it as a whole, I think the State of Play was a better presentation, just because it respected my time more uh there was still i think everything in here like there was something for everybody i don't think anything was really a bad announcement at all Mm -hmm. whereas nintendo was full of farming simulators and jrpgs that i didn't care about it was like every five presentations there was a farming simulator and i'm like what yeah there's about five or six of those yeah yeah it was ridiculous Mm -hmm. and it really like pissed me off uh and in terms of things announced that i really enjoyed like Besides Zelda, I mean the new Kirby that they that they're remaking from the Kirby. Wii era looks cool, but again, I'm it's like there's a new Kirby game every three months, and then Kirby. what else did they announce? There's like that the, that theater rhythm, uh, like music game, the Final Fantasy music game. That's cool, but like that's just because I'm a fan of the music already, so I don't even know if that's like a game game, but it's like an interactive soundtrack to me. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. They didn't really have much like going on, really, because I didn't really care about Fire Emblem or Xenoblade or any of that. So I think the state of play definitely probably had something more for me uh, when it comes to things I'm more interested in. Like, I would buy more on this list than the Nintendo list, I guess is what I'm saying. So Yeah, for sure. I think that's what it comes down to. And also, I think the PlayStation games were a little bit friendlier with respect to the drop dates. I think the PlayStation had more titles that are coming out like quickly, like Like a Dragon's coming out in February, Hogwarts is coming out in February. Yeah, you had a, you had a couple of unknowns like the PSVR two. The PSVR two hasn't been announced. They, I don't think they've announced a street date for the VR two. No. So you know the Star Wars game Demio that's gonna take a it's gonna take a while to get a a lock on that one and uh, Ragnarok. I mean, they are bringing out a they brought out a sample of the steak still sizzling, <laughs> and as you're sitting there at the restaurant, you can you can smell it. They're already cooking your order. Like this game is dropping like you know fairly fairly shortly so to see that much content being dropped in that one game i thought was uh was cool i didn't watch the nintendo one so i can't really have an opinion on it but i did hear that uh it was a little bit heavy on the on the farming sims and on rpgs but i think also it's a cultural thing as well maybe not cultural well i'm sure it's a cultural thing it is uh rpgs are just a lot bigger uh, too i also want to point out this this all took place around tokyo game show so it's like these farming sims and JRPGs, the, the Japan market is all about that. So this definitely catered to them, which I'm totally aware of. But as a fan of just, you know, in the North Americas, <laughs> it just didn't appeal to me, really. Like, I'm looking at it right now just to have some context. Like, they're bringing over It Takes Two, which would have been impressive like three years ago. But, like, it's not something that we really need anymore. Like, at first, the Switch was... Like we got, uh, what's that game? The Witcher 3. When that was first coming to the Switch, it's like, oh my God, I could play that portably. No one cared about how it ran. No one cared if it was buggy. Just the fact that it was coming was like amazing. <laughs> but we're kind of past that point where now it's like, no, we need like con- like good quality content on this thing, even if it's not a port. Like give us original good shit. And, you know, I think we've kind of gotten out of that. But again, it's like so- sometimes Nintendo's relying on that. But they did have some bangers like... Octopath Traveler 2 was a nice surprise. I really liked the first one. That's the one JRPG that I could get behind. Uh, So that's coming. I didn't even know they were thinking of doing a sequel to that because it's like ever since then they did Triangle Strategy, then they did Live Alive. Like it's the same style of game, but totally different game. Like they're totally getting out of that. And then of course the the N64 announcement with all the the new, the the classic games and the big one being GoldenEye. GoldenEye is finally making its way to the system. So, you know, it had nice little surprises like that. Like Pikmin 4 is another big one that I think people need to be talking about more because that game has been, you know, people complain about that game for years, how, oh, it's supposedly done, but they're not releasing it at all. It's like, well, now it's coming. Where where are you guys? You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think Nintendo had some gems, but I think the state of play was a lot more well put together and it just had more stuff that I would buy. What's up, guys? Ryan here. Um, Ryan from the future. There was a bit of an audio problem on Chris's part, so we didn't get to record what he initially said but we're talking about the Suikoden 1 and 2 remasters uh that got announced um so it's gonna cut to like what I think of it I guess uh Chris's part unfortunately was lost but I think we'll revisit this subject next week but yeah I'm just letting you guys know so you guys aren't like what the hell is he talking about all right everybody good night goodbye I'm actually very excited about it because again like you you mentioned how it was one of the first RPGs you ever played and like it kind of won you over like the genre like you know so it's like 
I've always been interested. I've always wanted to play them, but they're stupid expensive online. And uh, like Suikoden 2 is like $500 or something, maybe a little less, but it's insane. Um, so I'm actually very excited this is happening. And uh, the Ayudan Chronicle games, I think I talked about that on like Cafe 20 something like last year because it was one that came to my attention. I, I kept tabs on it this whole time and I was I still check in on it every once in a while. Because I, I, I like the style of the game, especially with the resurgence of the 2D HD stuff that Square Enix is doing. Like, I think this might pull numbers that you're not expecting because that genre seems to, or that at least that style seems to be on an uproar. And this isn't like this isn't the same style. Like, there's no 2D HD stuff going on here, but they definitely HD defied the original graphics and it looks really good. Like, there's a scene in the trailer where there's like a sunset and it looks fantastic. So. I'm very interested. I've always wanted to play these games, so this is definitely a, a pickup for me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think this game might surprise, and I hope it does numbers because then they could go in and do three and four and five and six, however many there are. So, yeah, this is uh, this is pretty cool. I think Konami lately has been all in the business of like making money with like collections and remakes and stuff, so it doesn't surprise me that they're kind of in the game now, but... Uh, you know, because we've seen it with Castlevania, the Castlevania collections, the Contra collection, the the recent Calabunga collection. Like, there's a lot of money to be made with their IPs. And before this happened, everyone thought it was going to be Metal Gear remakes. And maybe one day, but I think that I'm much more interested in the Suikoden series just because Metal Gear games still hold up. I just finished one, still looks fantastic, and it was originally a PSP game. So that's my take. That's awesome. Yeah, these games are, uh, they should be good. The first two of hold a near and dear place to a lot of people's hearts. I've only ever played the first one. I've never played any of the threes or the fours or any other ones that came out on the uh, PlayStation 2, 3 and later. But uh, yeah, these two are the uh, the classic ones. And you're right, they really are expensive. I, I owned the original like back then and ended up getting rid of it somehow or sold it. You know, that's kind of yeah. one of those classic like, dummy moves. But, yeah, they are expensive to get. I have Suikoden in one, and I beat it. I downloaded it on the uh, the PlayStation 3 store. Oh, so wow. I have it on that one. But, uh, yeah, very good games. It follows Hero as he makes his way through. Uh, but the cool thing about this game is you have to you have to unlock the, uh, I believe, the 108 stars. And each star is a specific character in the game that will help you in some way. And, yeah. you know, a lot of these characters are very common, but there are some rare ones that you have to kind of go outside the box to, to find. And each character in the game will help you out somehow. And some of them can really help you out. Like you can unlock, you can add like, uh, you can eventually add like, um, you know, a blacksmith to your team. So all of a sudden he, his blacksmith uh, stuff is in your castle, you know, oh. or you can go to like an item shop and you, the item keeper now has an item shop inside the castle. Right? right. This might not mean anything to like present games where <coughs> it's kind of built that way. Like you have your own hub or your house where you live or anything like that. But in this game, it's already like you're you're playing eventually and you guys are hiding out in a castle because you guys are part of a rebel group. So it's not like you can just go to any town and get whatever you want. So to staff your own people, to have your own guys is uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. And the story is just tremendous, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to picking this one up. Wow, is it a day one? I think so. Yeah, I might pick it up day one. Very nice. All right, and we got some breaking news Very this nice. morning. Grand Theft Auto Six. Ninety minutes of it has leaked online. This is insane. 
Um, now, a total of 90 minutes or? or a, a total of 90 minutes has leaked online. So clips of totaling 90 minutes? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this came from a hacker named Teapot Tuber Hacker. <laughs> okay. Uh, he is declaring that uh, he shared their, pro- uh, he, he shared or they shared their Proton email and asked for Rockstar to take two employees to reach out as the hacker was looking to negotiate a deal. <laughs> so he's holding this for ransom. <laughs> Apparently he's got a lot more that he took. Um, so this all happened this morning. So in the footage that I saw, I didn't watch all 90 minutes of it, but you could see, I think there was like nine minutes of it on YouTube. Everything that the leaks we talked about uh, last month where it was like a Bonnie and Clyde story and it was in Vice City, that all seems to be real because in the footage you see a male, a white male being controlled and then later on you see a woman robbing a diner, right? Yeah. And it all kind of makes sense to me. The, the leaks were real uh, at that point. And this footage is very real. In the footage you see like the girl walking around pointing guns at everybody. Everyone's giving their own dialogue. A lot of the uh, NPC character models are unfinished. Like, they have hats, but they have no faces kind of thing. Um, and then she goes outside. And then the first thing I noticed was, like, the the environment was very, like, Miami-esque. And I was like, okay, cool. Very flat, rich, like, green, luscious fields. So, obviously, they're, like, more deep into the city or whatever. But then when she, uh, at one point, the cops that pulled up outside, she got into a car and it said VCPD on the back. So, I was like, okay, oh, Vice, wow, City, Vice, City. Vice City Police Department. So, I was like, okay, so confirmed to be Vice City. Which is so cool. And then uh, after that, I saw a bit of footage of the white prota- uh, white male protagonist in the in a, in, a, in a strip club. Just walking around, you see like the graphics or whatever. The graphics, I think they look fine. Like even, I think this is like a year or two um, old footage, right? Like this was from a year or two, two years ago. And I think already it looks fine. It looks very much like GTA 5, to be honest with you. But I could tell that there's like more improved aesthetics, like when it comes to like the walking animations and stuff like that. So I think it looks fine. Obviously, if this is an old build, I can't imagine what the game looks like right now. It probably looks phenomenal. But uh, yeah, I just I'm very excited for where this is going. Like, I think the the from what I've seen of the environments and stuff, it's very, very like up my alley. It's exactly what I wanted. I always wanted to come back to Vice City in an HD uh, setting. And it looks like we're going to get that. And I don't know. From what I see, I'm into this idea of a Bonnie and Clyde situation. Like, I heard that there's heists in the game, too, that they showed. Uh, this When she's robbing the diner, she's pointing the gun at the NPC. The, the the money's coming out of the register and stuff. It just, it seems, to be honest, rather, like, GTA V's whole gimmick was about heists and robbing uh, stores and stuff. And it seems like there's going to be more about that in GTA 6. And if I could criticize anything is that I would would have loved more of an emphasis on something else because the whole selling point of GTA 5 were the heists. All these heist missions and mechanics were being talked about before the game came out. And then they were impressive for sure at the time. Like it was something we never saw before. But it's like it's kind of like more of the same from the footage we see here. And this is very early beta footage. Like what we're watching is old and it might not even be a focus of the game but the fact that it is the only thing we have to go on with the game in general is why i'm saying it looks like it's just taken more cues from gta 5 um chris i know you didn't watch the uh the footage this kind of all flew over your head but based on what i've talked about i don't know do you have any uh, thoughts slash opinions yeah what did you mean by it looks like uh grand theft auto 5 vibes uh in terms of like the way the way the characters walk around these environments inside like yeah. it looks like, like i'm watching right now the the strip club scene it's like it looks like 
one of my clubs in GTA Online. Like, it doesn't look too revolutionary. It doesn't look too different. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a product of the fact that we live in a time where technology is so advanced, but the gaps are way shorter. Like, Super Nintendo to N64, that was a huge gap, right? N64 to GameCube, huge gap. Then we go HD, another huge gap. That gap is becoming smaller and smaller as time goes on. And that's why I think maybe my expectations need to be toned down a little bit when it comes to what I'm talking about. But, again... I got to say, the, the footage is old. So it's like it could look even more amazing than what, what I'm seeing. So I don't know. A GTA 5 esque in the fact that, you know, it's focusing on heists again. And it's right. just the way that the, the characters are moving and stuff. Kind of reminds me of GTA 5. But at the same time, I don't really know what to expect elsewise. So It's amazing how uh, even now in, uh, in today's age, a giant corporation like that, Rockstar, can get, you know, just hacked, right? Like it's it's nuts. I wonder if there's any conspiracy right. theories about uh, Rockstar just doing this on purpose, just to leak it and see what the early vibe is like. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know there's there's been like threats from the hacker. You know what? What did he say that uh, he's going to hold it for ransom? Yeah, he wants to. Uh, he, or she? he wants Rockstar to reach out to negotiate a deal. To me, that just means right. money. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I'm just kidding. I don't actually think this is, you know, fagazied by Rockstar, but wouldn't that be crazy if this <laughs> is all just manu- manufactured advertising, right? Hey, nothing nothing should shock me in 2022, but things still do shock me. That would be one of them. Uh, but no, it actually appears to be a leak here. I think if you're Rockstar, if you're Rockstar and you're clever, what you would do is just grab some of the footage from these 90 minutes that were leaked, just make it a little trailer. That's it. Put some music, say coming soon that's it nothing you literally just grab all this exposed footage that's out there you put it into a two-minute trailer and you say yep it's coming soon yeah you find fancy ways to put credits in there or or you just put you know next year 2024 whatever you want to put and uh and you'll be done with it or you can go and negotiate with these the footage is already out there right the footage is out there it's been saved already you know it's it's on the you on the youtubes and things like that it's already out there you can't do anything uh, or they can just ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> Which they probably will, to be honest. Right? They could just ignore it uh, and find out what happened there. But, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to see the footage now. Damn it. I sent it to you on your phone. Check it out. Um, all right. Tell me what to- we got a bit of a rewind from last week. Please go into this. Yeah. <laughs> so Deadpool is not available on digital. That's the game that you had played and, uh, and beat. So it's not available on digital anymore. At least in the PS4 or PS5 stores. I don't know about the PS3, but... PS4, PS5, that one's down. And so you can find them on eBay. They are on physical, so you can get the PS4 version for about 40 bucks or more or the PS3 for uh, $25 or more. So I was just... Uh, there you go. It's kind of a pricier game to get. But if you want to play the Deadpool, that's how you do it. It's becoming one of those. Give it a couple years. <laughs> It'll be up there even more. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, well, I'm glad I have it. That's cool. Yeah. Didn't know that. I didn't know it was uh, digital or not digital. That's uh, insane. Score one for the physical. All right. Chris, what are you playing? Uh, still working through Batman Barkham. Barkham. Yeah, Barkham. <laughs> it's the dog version. It's Batman in a dog suit. Barkham. Just move. Bark at him. <laughs> it's me. Batman. Does Batman have a, a a dog villain? He doesn't have a dog villain, but apparently he has a dog companion uh, in the DC Super Pets movie or something. I don't know. That's tremendous. Played by Kevin Hart. It would be Kevin Hart. That's nice. 
Yeah, Batman Arkham City, just working through that one and uh, just felt like playing something different. So I actually picked up the Series Sam Collection. Nice. And these are just old school first person or over the shoulder third person uh, shooters and you're just destroying monsters, first person shooter, and you're just destroying, destroying like monsters and shit. Very like time splitter ish in terms of like the comedy and stuff like that. Right. And uh, man, it's kicking my ass. Like, there are some <laughs> tough parts in that game. Holy shit. Um, so, part of the fun is just moving around the maps and picking up, uh, finding like the hidden areas so you can get better weapons and better power ups and stuff like that. But yeah, but just been playing that. And I just loaded up Resident Evil 5. I think that's going to be the next uh, the next big one that I play. Resident Evil 5. Wow. I'm going to probably uh, get into that one. I've loaded it before and not played it. Oh, so you've never played Some it before? Hope no, no, so I'm hoping that now that it's loaded again, I'll uh, I'll play it this time. But who knows? I'm, my head's all over the place sometimes. Right. Cool. Um, yeah, I just wrapped up uh, wrapped up Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Uh, definitely more high on the game once I finished it than the last time I talked about it. I thought it was a pretty good ending. Um, it has one of the hardest Metal Gear fights I've ever experienced so far in the series. This fucking thing was ridiculous. Um... It took me a lot of tries to get, and I at one point I almost gave up. I was like, you know what? I don't need to finish this game. But then the my uh, anxiety got the best of me, and I went back and tried it. Long story short, the reason why I couldn't beat it was I I didn't know that certain armors and outfits that you equip can give you an extra weapon slot. So I was running out of bullets very fast because I only had two weapons instead of three. And once I learned that, I equipped myself with four, uh, three missile-launching weapons, and I just kept going ham on this guy. The whole shtick with this game is ammo is very hard to come by. Ammo isn't really... Like, you could find it, but for the most part, you're reliant on this new item called um, supply markers. How it works is you throw it, and a box will... Wherever it lands, a box will fall from the sky with bullets and rations and whatever you need. But you, I only had nine of them to do... Uh, to throw during the battle right you can upgrade this stuff i'm sure you can get more like uh, supply markers but when i did the fight i only had nine would you believe it that the last missile i had was the last missile i needed to finish him off it was the most epic thing ever where i was like i have one more missile i don't know if this is going to be enough to kill him so i have to hit him right in the right spot if i have any chance and it, it worked and i was so fucking happy um and the music that plays in in the in that battle scene is phenomenal. Like I've since downloaded it on my phone. It's just super epic. I I recommend it. But yeah, I played that one, beat it. I'll definitely play Metal Gear Four at some point. Not right away because I'm kind of Metal Geared out at this point. But um, yeah, no, yeah. it was good. I, I actually really liked it. I'll put it above uh, the original and Metal Gear Two. To be honest with you, I think it's very good uh, when it comes to gameplay wise. Uh, after that, I finally played the Live Alive demo. Um, I really liked it, to be honest. That's that RP JRPG? The JRPG the, uh, from Square Enix that came out in Japan only, but they did the uh, HD2 2D uh, remaster and put it out on uh, Nintendo. And uh, yeah, no, it's really good. I actually really enjoyed it. So it's similar to Octopath Traveler to where there's like eight characters and they each have their own little side story, but they play yeah. very differently. Like, So I picked the... Um, an old man in China who is looking for disciples to kind of carry on his kung fu because he's gonna, you know, he's an old man, he's gonna die soon. So you go and recruit three people, and one's like a one's a dude who has no money, another one's a dude that's stealing stuff because he's hungry and stuff. So it was really cool, and that one like was pretty tactical RPG. There was another mm -hmm. chapter where like you played it as a ninja and you were just trying to get through this like 
this area and you would like kind of hide in the shadows kind of thing. It was all stealth. So each character plays very differently. And I really enjoyed cool. it, man. I really liked it. Gra- it's a demo? There's a demo. Yeah, you should definitely check it yeah. out. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I'm definitely going to buy the whole thing. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's not even full pop. I think it's like 65 bucks. That's good. So, I like those discount uh, discounts. Yeah, games. definitely. So I'm going to pick it up. There is a physical version. That's another one that I think I would have picked up anyway because this I can see this being worth a little bit in the future. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to get it. <laughs> yeah, really good. Liked it. And then uh, after that, me and the wife played House of the Dead remake. This was uh, interesting. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a, an arcade game, and you could tell. <laughs> it's so funny, man. Uh, yeah, where do I begin with this shit? So you could play with uh, regular controls where you, like, move the crosshairs with the analog stick. Or, yeah. or you use motion controls like a light gun. But it doesn't work too damn well. So I was like, okay, I, 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 you could switch it on the fly. There's a dedicated button to switch the style. And I found myself switching constantly. But Right. Again, it's House of the Dead. You you go, you play through this story with like zombies in this house, and uh, you're shooting them. You're trying to move on. Me and the wife had a great time trying to play it. I think it was it's like an hour long, if if that, to play through it. Yeah. Right? And the whole point is to play through it as as well as you can. The harder difficulties, you unlock little goodies and stuff on the way. But it's just you got to do repeated playthroughs. So I think we played through about it uh, three times before we got bored. But it was it was a good time. Honestly, it was really cool. This is a remake of the uh, the old arcade version with the were they blue guns? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure they were blue mm-hmm. guns. So man, those games were good. They were they used to suck all my fucking quarters <laughs> because I would go to watch a movie uh, and they'd have it. They'd have that game. Yeah, but it would uh, man, it was a quarter killer. But it was fun, really good. I mean, ridiculous, right? Right. It, it uh, is. But really I, I like the uh, the camera movement in that game. Just very good. Just. Time Crisis style, you know, Jurassic Park-ish, you know, but that's what makes those games fun. Definitely. So the camera movement is almost exactly the same as in these uh, original games? Uh, yeah, it's 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 one-to-one, I think. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, how's the uh, using the controller as the, uh, as, a, as a plastic gun? I think it's it's okay for, like, shooting and stuff. It's very simple. But, yeah. for example, I use the Pro Controller. Yeah. So it's like maybe I should have used one Joy-Con as the gun maybe i would have had a better experience because that would feel more like a gun but it's 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 fine like dragging the crosshairs with the with the analog stick and shooting is is fine it works fine but i think that i was more banking on using the motion control so so that it felt like playing with the gun right and i feel like the the pro controller is not a good option for that but i am like full disclosure i was playing on a on a um what is it the uh the projector and the projector probably has a shittier like read of where the analog stick or not the analog stick where the uh where the controller is for in in terms of motion control so i feel like if i played on the tv maybe i'd have a a different experience probably a better experience so there's Mm -hmm. that as well but i think even just dragging the crosshairs with the stick is fine too it's a very fun game and if you could get it for like 20 bucks uh i think it's a steal nice there you go yeah one hour though, eh? That's it. Yeah, Just an a, hour to beat the about game. About an hour and it's a quick. bit. It's very fast, it's especially quick, eh? once you start playing a lot of it. It's like you know where everything is. It's just it gets easier. The difficulty really relies on like how much health the the bosses would have and stuff, right? Right. So, oh, but it's good. And then uh, cool. recently, I was playing Dragon Ball Fighters or Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I still don't know how to say that title. Fighting game from Bandai. Um, 
much in the vein of like Street Fighter, uh, but with Dragon Ball characters. Been really on a Dragon Ball kick lately. Been watching the show again and stuff. So I've been. Uh, which show? Which show? Uh, Dragon Ball uh, Super. I've been watching Super. Is that the one that came out last year? No, it came out a while ago. Um, oh, okay. It wrapped up a couple years ago. I believe I gave you the first and second season of it. Oh, yeah, I have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So definitely uh, good. But I popped in the movies and I started watching the movies because the movies, the the three Dragon Ball Super movies are kind of, or the first two Super movies are kind of like a very fast telling of the first two seasons. Right. So instead of like watching all that filler, just watch the movies. <laughs> but um, mm, yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, but yeah, no, I got recently back into it. So anyway, I've been playing the game. I've had it for a while, but never really, really got into it. It turned out to be like a party game I'd put on just when I had people over. But I started playing the actual story of it. And man, that game is a pretty deep fighter, I gotta say. Like, there are certain combinations and like button presses with the triggers uh, combined with like where the d-pad is like that it will pull off something different each time and each character has their own set of moves obviously and it's just super fun and in terms of animation that thing looks fantastic like it looks like the show cranked up to 11 and i have it on the switch which means on the playstation it might look even better but on the switch it looks fantastic so i'm very uh very happy with it and uh yeah i've just been playing through the story mode which is uh super fun yeah, Dra- Dragon Ball Z, uh, 2.5D, yeah, so that explains the uh, the graphics there. Mm-hmm. Uh, involves the player picking a team of three playable characters. That's pretty cool. So you go around the entire world with any three guys you want? Yeah, so the way it's been happening is, like, you start off as Goku. And right. there's, like, and you choose two guys. There's, like, corrupted clones of characters. So, like, I beat, uh, who is it, Krillin, for example. I'll beat him, and then he's available to be recruited into my team kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, came out in 2018. Yeah, super fun. That, that game nice. also is constantly on sale. Like I saw it for like eleven bucks on the Switch the other day. So if you want to get it uh, digitally, it's always there on sale. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's definitely uh, one of the ones that I see on sale all the time. Yeah. A lot of the Dragon Ball games go on sale. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, which is cool. which is good because Bandai really likes to support these. Like they just released an, they just released a, a DLC, a new DLC for Dragon Ball Kakarot. Yeah. Which I thought that game was dead, but apparently now you get to play as like Goku's dad and like take over planets and shit, which is what he did in the show. So I was like, wow, this is this is cool. Like it's extra content that I wasn't expecting. I might dive back in. Who knows? That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So I like that. Yeah, really cool. Are you gonna play through the whole story? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty pretty invested in it right now. Plus cool. I don't really know after I finished Metal Gear, I didn't really know what to get into. Like I'm still I still don't really know what to play. Like I'm kinda like in this weird space where I wanna play like little easy not easy, but little experience experiences like House of the Dead was perfect. Live Alive demo was perfect. Uh, <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters is pick up and play kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I'm into uh, playing a big ass game right now. And I think that also has to do with next month. There's like Gotham Knights and and uh, Mario Rabbids and Sonic. There's a lot coming out. So I'm just kind of right. taking it easy. And um, awesome. Yeah. With pickups. I picked up um, the Capcom fighting collection with all those damn Darkstalkers games because, again, I've been on a fighting game <laughs> kick. So I check, yeah. I'm checking those out, too, uh, slowly. Pretty cool. They all kind of play the same, but it's a nice little collection there. A lot of games, uh, and I like to familiar, familiarize myself with properties that I don't really know, but I know have a lot of respect. So there you go. Yeah, those Darksider games with all those crazy titles that they give those games. Darkstalkers, god damn it. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. Anyway, that's all I got to say. You got anything? I'm done talking to you. Son of I'm a bitch. done talking to you. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, man. Summer's definitely done, eh? Seven o'clock here in the city, and sun's gone. 
I can't see. I got like black matte shades for my window. Yeah, that's right. So I never know what time it is. I'm a vampire. Yeah. But yeah, I know you're right. It's a gun. Uh, we want to thank everybody for downloading this show. Wow, it's a long one. Two hours. Jesus, if you're still here. If you're still here, you give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> Um, but let us get into the plugs Podcast Fresh on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube We're also on Podcast Fresh TO on Twitter And you can also send us an email at PodcastFresh2020 at gmail.com Rest of the network on the Game Flow We got the Game Flow podcast number 5 Pac-Man talks more in depth On the Direct versus Sony State of Play Who did it better And then the Fresh Prince Review Show We have Season 5, Episodes 3 and 4 Reality Bites Grumpy Young Men We go through those two episodes Um... One was really good. The other one eh. might be the worst in the series. It might be. Might be. It might be. So check out that show. Um, and I think that's all I got to say about that. Pac-Man, take us home. Yeah, uh, be on the lookout. I'll probably have another game flow this week at some point of uh, of stuff I'd like to talk about. <laughs> I don't want to ruin anything. And um, yeah, that that's it, man. We we wrapped up uh, episode fifty-one of the cafe. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast Fresh. Podcast Fresh to you on Twitter, Podcast Fresh 2020 at gmail.com to write us in for the mailbag. Follow my personal at official underscore acapella. Follow Chris's personal at Torres Unlimited. And with that being said, guys, have a great night. Stay fresh. Podcast Fresh.